I like at the very end of that, there's like a brown. I wish it was yeah, more no. so. And he's like a heavy guitar lick. Brown. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get sick of it at some time. At some point, we're going to have to update the intro and outro, right? We can always go back to me finding uh, royalty-free uh, lo-fi music on YouTube <laughs> to use as our Yeah, intro. for the outro. Yeah, you can, you can do that now. Just send it to me. I'll just include it. That Well, um, that's I'll probably... We've talked about doing Topher's Media Corner. And that's yeah. probably what I'll end up doing for the intro and outro. Cause, oh, nice. Because it's fun. I yeah, like, I'm sure. I like finding lo-fi, lo-fi beats on YouTube. Also, I saw, I think it's on Amazon that there's something called Adult. It's not Adult Swim, but it, it, it's related to Adult Swim. Adult okay. Vibe or something. And it's just, all, right. all it is is just lo-fi music that you can put on in the background. What? And it's, really? it's from Adult Swim. Yeah, it's I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. And it's license free or whatever? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's license free, but um uh, but it's just like a channel you can put on. I thought that was interesting. Oh, cool. You know, there's a lot like even like uh stuff that's that's copyrighted, if you put it on YouTube, they don't really give you a strike or anything or delete it. They'll they'll just put what the song is and then they might put ads for whoever the owner is oh, no keep kidding. it on there. Yeah. I think it just depends on whoever the publishing company is. Some of them are yeah, a lot more yeah. strict than others. Right. Like, I know Usually. Disney, Disney yeah. hates it if you use any of their stuff. Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> well, I remember when they first bought Star Wars and a friend of mine was making, like, these really cool shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he probably got shut down real quick. Oh, yeah, it was like a Kiss. Uh, he had the different Kiss bands or different uh, members of the Kiss uh, band as uh as stormtroopers Star oh stormtroopers. as stormtroopers yeah, yeah. I sent, and i and he goes why don't we reach out i'm like okay and i re- i found like you know whoever does licensing and he was like he's like please do not release those things have to be on brand and blah 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 like, he l- was really annoyed i was like okay <laughs> oh, yeah, i'm sure <laughs> all it's right like they know well we have a lot to get to today yes. um so let's get started and of course, this is the Uncovering Anomalies podcast. Um, it's Episode easy for me to fifty-seven. It's all. It's so easy for me to say now because the name is up in the top right corner, and I can just read it instead of trying to remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Anyway, that is I want to believe Adam. Hey everyone, and I am Tell It All Topher, and we're gonna get into it today, ladies and gentlemen. Episode yeah, fifty-seven. There... Episode fifty-seven. A lot going on. You sent me a bunch of stuff. Uh, it apparently, seems, all got things... deleted. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that offline. Is uh, Reddit does this where they just delete things, or even comments get deleted because you sent me a comment too, and it goes, "This comment is not available," and this post has been deleted. Was one of them too? I think I do that. If it's the one I'm thinking of, I'm sure we'll touch on it later. So I'm, I won't okay. say anything because I think I know what the comment. Because I think I only sent you one comment. Oh, all right. Well, there was another post too. Then yes, um, but you sent me this one also. This is an overlay. X-ray of Nazca mummy body with Russian corpse found in 2011 from Nazca mummies. Um, so you want to give us a background on this? I, mean, I know pretty much that there's the Nazca mummies that we just saw right in the Mexican congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. And then there's a there's a video. I thought it was from Canada, but I, the title says Russia, uh, which is right here on the left. This is a video from 2011 showing that they found some being in the snow. Yeah. And then they're overlaying it. And these this here on the right is the Nazca mummies, right? Mm-hmm. 
So they're saying it's, ex- and it's almost an exact match. Yeah, it, it overlays. I mean, obviously the overlay is not in the same um, <clears throat> uh, position as the as the body that, that was found, but it, it's yeah. good just so you can have kind of a overview of what the, it might look like. It, it's interesting to me. All of these, yeah, that was pretty interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's interesting to me that. Um, you know, all of these things, and we've talked about this before on the show, you never know if it's real or not. And so That's people without yeah. context, if you look at the, if you scroll up again, we look at that photo on the top, right? Oh, wait, let me go back. Um, when that was originally posted, someone, people can just go, Oh, it's, it's fake. You know, um, yeah. it, it, it's some sort of movie prop or someone put it together as a joke, yada, yada, yada. Um, we, we don't know. We'll never know, but people yeah. are, are trying to connect dots and and you know create not create proof but show the proof that this might in fact be real yeah like what the hell these three dimples here the dimples here what are the chances you know i mean yeah unless it's just people it's too much time and have time to do these elaborate hoaxes hoaxes well i mean we kind of saw that with the mh370 footage that we um that was really big for about two weeks before it was proven to be false yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if it's even like proven because it's weird how that that's still weird. You know, yeah, it's, it's like it's it was different. like some some random website that all of a sudden the guy found the clouds and it it just still seemed like an op. You know, I wouldn't put yeah. it past the NSA to be able to do stuff like this. They can recreate the internet, and they do. It's very um, that's very true. You um, know, and it's just weird. I mean, uh, Ashton Forbes obviously is still going still going on and now he's like a ufo guy or he's in the ufo community he does good work though actually he, he shares good scientific stuff it, but that people it, should see i mean my point is we just we're unable to know what's real from fake anymore and it's not the fault yeah. of it's not the fault of us i mean here here we are we technically have evidence right yeah but anyone can just say you know everything if everything's fake then you're comparing two fake things to make it real and that's not how it works or they're yeah. both real, and we've been so brainwashed that anyone who looks at this goes, "Oh no, it's completely fake, totally fake." And all you need <laughs> is someone to come out of the woodwork off of a, some random website to say, "Oh yeah, I created this from the short film that never occurred, that never ended." Right, up right. You know, I, and then yeah, of course, all the skeptics will jump on that and say, "Oh well, there's the proof that it's fake." So it's just impossible. That's exactly to, what happens. Yeah, it's impossible yeah. to to figure out what's real and what's fake. It's difficult, but it is interesting that um, to separate alien i'll say encounters even though we're looking at bodies here right line up so well in two separate places yeah like it's the same mold even if it's fake i mean uh but these things are small you're talking about a meter height yeah three feet tall not not big but i mean and that of course goes along with what we know about ufo lore um yeah the, the short grays are about that height so that you know that adds up very strange. I mean, just going back to MH370, like still no one has come forward saying they did it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, where yeah. are those people? There was that bounty that, that never got paid. Although I think Kim.com paid that guy who did the clouds because he was saying it was his images or his video. Uh, the background, the background, at least. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's up to us and the community and people to not just take what everyone is saying, but to go in there and, you know, critically think and investigate. Yeah, you've got to put your, your mind on that nice edge where you're not, you're not fully going, this is 100% real. And you're not going, this is 100% fake. Yeah. You're looking at evidence from both sides and trying to come up with a conclusion for yourself. Right. You can't be too naive and you can't be, and you can't be too skeptical either. So it's yeah. a fine line. Exactly. Nice. Edge. Uh, 
Because, yeah, because well, both of them are, are kind of extremists, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 mm-hmm. the bunkers or, or skeptics are, are extremists, and the people who are naive and like, that believe everything are extremists too. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's just, and it's too bad. It's just how this uh, this subject is treated, you know? Yes. It's sensational. People love it. There's so much curiosity, unfortunately. Um, and speaking of propaganda, that's why this nonprofit seeks to unite Hollywood and UFO experts. Oh, God. I thought this was strange, though, because doesn't Hollywood have a very close relationship with UFO experts since whenever, since the 50s? Yeah, I mean, you they know? always bring them on as, as consultants. Uh, like, look at the close encounters of the third kind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's called the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance. Um, Stephen Bassett is involved. I don't like that Hollywood's involved. They have yeah. no they have no business being a part of this. So it looks, it looks like it's Stephen Bassett. He goes, it recently launched nonprofit initiative seeks to help bring Hollywood and the UAP field together. The Hollywood Disclosure Alliance, based in LA, California, is the brainchild of co-founders Dan Harari and Stephen Bassett. I know Stephen Bassett. I don't know Dan Harari. Do you know Dan Harari? No. Doesn't even sound familiar. Yeah. The group seeks to unite the realms of entertainment and extraterrestrial research to pave the way in fact-based storytelling for what they believe is the impending disclosure of alien life by U.S. government and militia leaders, this Hollywood couldn't even get—they couldn't huh? even get fire in the sky right. Yeah, maybe that's what they're trying to do too. Is that they're trying to do fact-based and not have Hollywood come in and you know make? make yeah, you're right. Fire in the sky. I mean, yes, it was scary, and he did say his his uh, his encounter was scary. His experience was scary, but they left out a lot. There was humans in there. Well, and he didn't, you know? he wasn't floating around a room, like crashing into uh, <laughs> dead bodies and stuff. I mean, it was really right. like non the catacombs he was in or something. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. the movie's the movie's great. And that the, yeah. the alien encounter scene is what everyone really wants to see when they're watching that movie. Um, but it hasn't, it was nothing like what he actually experienced. Right. I mean, I just love the fact that they brought in humans to calm him down because he went crazy. I mean, they, they showed that part where he was uh, trying to kill them, right? Yeah, um, I think so. But I love the part where they leave he, him he alone. Didn't, he didn't yeah. get a needle in an eye in his eye no. like in the movie. That didn't he happen. Didn't. He didn't. He actually fought them off and they left he, him alone. What? From yeah. from his from what I remember from his experience, he woke up and was freaking out and they were both the both the two aliens that were examining him were just like calm like down, that. dude. Like they didn't say that, but they were like right backing up, hands up, kind of looked yep. like freaked yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just had the hands up like dude, calm down. And they couldn't calm him down. So then but just then he went around bailed. the ship and he yeah. sat. Yeah, they bailed. And then he sat in the chair and he said, oh, I, there were all these like uh, navigation found, things and space. Yeah. And and then the humans come in. I think it was just one. But yeah, well, well there was there was a there was the man that came in that had he thought he the man couldn't understand him because the guy had a helmet on. And then he hung out with the Nords and then they put him back to sleep. So weird, man. It's so just, weird. Yeah, I mean, th- why would you leave that out? That is just fantastic, you know. Because if you think about it, it's not really all that. It, it would be scary if you experience it, but watching a movie, it's really not that scary. Oh yeah, oh, what's happening here? And right, it was so, only like a fifteen minute. He only remembers like fifteen minutes of it, so that's true. Uh, his story is something else, and yeah, now they try to theorize like why they actually came back for him because they they killed him by accident, right? Because he came up, he came up to the craft. He was too close. Some static energy happened and it zapped him. Like yeah, we, it was we, all by accident. Yeah. What, what, what the heck was that guy's name anyway? Oh great, here we go. Uh, Walton, Travis on Walton. the spot, <laughs> Travis Walton. Good for you. Look Travis at that. Travis Walton. Yeah, he. 
if we've talked about on the show, but real quick rundown, he and his buddies were loggers. They're out in the woods. They see a UFO and this in idiot Arizona, gets out of his truck, out. Yeah. gets out of his truck and gets under the UFO. <laughs> Look at this guys. And then it takes <laughs> off and he gets hit by whatever, you know, device they use to travel and yeah. he's injured. His buddies leave him in the woods they and the aliens him. come they back and pick him up and fix him up. And then he wakes up and hangs out with he chills. Five days later, five days later, he showed up five days later. Um, yeah. And no one has ever been able to disprove his story. Nope. Not nope, even not even uh, Philip Glass. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, they tried to. He has a great quote, by the way. But, you know, they 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 try to pin murder charges on his friends, his co-workers. Yes. Right. And they're like, Yo, yeah. you guys are lying. You guys murdered him. He's in the and they did lie detector tests on all of them. They all of them passed. Uh, yeah, it's a fascinating story. And their That's lives like, were essentially ruined. All of them. All of them. Yeah. That's the sad part. Maybe maybe Travis Walton a little bit, you know, he wrote a book and stuff. Um, yeah, and he got married, so maybe he did, his life wasn't ruined. Right. I mean, he kind of regrets, he says, coming forward. Yeah. Um, well, he, you know, he was dragged through the dirt, thrown under the bus, every metaphor you can think of. What's this? The underground world and UFOs do other beings dominate the interior of the Earth. Um, this is a great. He goes through many of like the lore of inner earth civilizations. Um, he goes through many books too. This is actually a really long article. Uh, inner earth fascinates me. Actually, hollow earth really fascinates me. I just love those stories. Yeah, um, I don't, I'm not sure I buy hollow earth, but people need to realize how thick the earth truly is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we. I, I'm not sure the deepest humans have got. I'm pretty sure it's a mine in Russia, and they've only got it's like a mile. A mile yeah. deep and it's like not even it's like i don't even i'm not even gonna venture i'm not even gonna venture a guess at the percentage of well it's of, nothing yeah. yeah but yeah it's not even we haven't even scratched the surface yeah like um, even the, the deepest part of the ocean is really not it is not that far into the earth no it's not not at all not at all and the all these stories you know especially the ones from sweden um the admiral bird story yeah um Argentina. So this is that recently in conversations with the famous Argent Argentine ufologist Andrea Simondini, a colleague explained to me that the next debate on UFOs puts the origin of these mysterious objects on the table and where my studies on the matter involving the underground possibility will begin to be heard. Um, so obviously this comes in with a speculation of where they're from, especially, you know, if they can't be from faraway galaxies or faraway star systems. You know, where can they be? Is it an ancient civilization? Have they always been with us? And that's the inner earth, right? Even Admiral Byrd. Uh, yeah. That. And and we've, I can't, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm either mixing up episodes or, or, or different podcasts I've listened to or documentaries or whatever, but there's a lot of speculation about, and people have seen UFOs flying into mountains. You talk about Mount Shasta. Oh, there's and, definitely bases in mountains, yeah. And, and the mountain uh, up in Alaska that I can't remember of. I think that was from the Y Files. Oh yeah, wait, wait. Oh my god, uh, motherfucking haze. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, if it wasn't for Hecklefish, I wouldn't remember it. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. I'll praise Hecklefish. Did you, did you did you see the newest Y Files? By the I way, I did. I did. I really enjoyed it, man. <laughs> Hecklefish refuses to make a joke about the Clintons. He was yeah, yeah he was still quiet the entire time because he told him to grow up because you know it was about. Uh, he was really quiet. I kept going why isn't hecklefish chiming in yeah because he told him to grow up because he kept saying uh sperm what was this uh, oh panspermia panspermia <laughs> that's why <laughs> but yeah he was really quiet that day oh so here's a quote from mac tony's uh the one who wrote the book crypto terrestrials and died when he was in his early 30s oh no um 
So before his death in late 2009, Mac Tonys was delving deeply into the enigmatic and strange world of what he called the crypto terrestrials. Mac theory, Mac's theory was that perhaps the intelligence behind the UFO phenomenon was not extraterrestrial or interdimensional, as many assume or believe they are after all. Rather, Mac was following the idea that the so-called greys and many of the other strange humanoid creatures seen out of supposed extra, extraterrestrial origin were from here on Earth. And then he goes to Nick Redfern also. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's really cool. There's lots of books on it. This is a, it really is a great article. So I, I recommend people go through it. It would be a funny twist of fate if we keep looking to, at space for the, you know, origin of aliens. And it turns out they're below our feet this entire time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me. It's such a huge planet. It's so big that we have flat earthers, you know, that's how yeah. big it is. Well, uh, not only that, I'm just like thinking about our Earth and how much of it, the oceans are largely unexplored. I mean, we keep finding oh, new yeah. species and like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many videos I've seen that really creep me out where they've got some deep sea submersible yeah. drone and then they come across like some yeah. weird some uh-huh. weird jellyfish or, yeah. or octopus that's glowing. And it's just like, so, what the hell is that? So weird. It is really strange down there. I mean, that is an alien planet. Now, these uh, are 1950s aliens. Yeah, the humanoids in 1947. Oh, yeah, yeah, they approached an Italian uh, painter, R.L. Johannes. Um, uh, the Swedish ambassador representing King Gustav requested an audience with the 33rd North American president, who was Henry uh, S. Truman, to communicate an important message to him. Apparently, fun fact, yeah. fun fact about Harry, uh, Henry S. Truman, his middle name is just S, the letter S. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it yes, really? it is. Look it up. Look, look it up. That's hilarious. Because so it technically... flows nice. That's a typo um, in the article because there's no dot after the S. It's just Henry Henry S. Truman. Oh, my God. We shouldn't tell him that. That's hilarious. I guess, yeah. So apparently in 1942, uh, 1942, while the Swedish government was holding a meeting at their palace, they were accosted by three strange beings described as, quote, yellow-skinned, flat-voiced, slender bodies, just over four feet tall with large, expressionless eyes, and yet as human as we are, they said. His presence seemed like projections on the wall, such as the impression caused so crazy man that's i love these just, old cases just as human as we are i wonder what that means like they have personalities and stuff like that or yeah and they, they, they walk like us they got hands you know um yeah okay legs that kind of stuff let's look at this from 1977 this book inner Weird. world chiller machine according to the illustration of the jesuit scholar Athanasius Kircher. Man, I, I'm sure the Vatican knows all about this stuff, too. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have a peek at their archives. It'll never happen, but... <laughs> Just become a Catholic uh, priest, and then... Uh... I'm not into little boys, though. <laughs> Sorry, that's Walter a low... Posley is great. That's a low blow. I apologize. I mean, I mean, yeah, low blows are fine. It's, you know, it's just... Stereotypes are there for a reason, you know? Yeah. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. This... Another leak... So it's, it's going to be very skeptical uh, or speculative. Leaks provided to Michael Herrera by Black Project Insider. So it's going to be one of those. Um, so we have major groups. The Blue Group, which is the above board black budget operations, right? They don't deal with non-human tech. And you have the Black Group, an organization started by a government in the 1940s to reverse engineer non-human tech. They succeeded, but over the various presidential administrations, oversight eventually got cut off and they became an unacknowledged rogue operation that operate on their own set of rules. It's that same narrative 
right yeah i mean once again this is the uh you know the illuminati the the secret government the the deep state i mean this is that's they're all terms for what are essentially this article or this post is out you know outlining this international clique you know which is probably ancient central banking families they might have the name rothschild who knows might yeah yeah might so here are the bullet points of information leaked by this insider reverse engineered et craft all right nothing special there other et tech the flying crafts are some of the least interesting boring tech available there are other technologies far more exciting with more utilitarian use that could benefit human all right but no no details there emp weaponry all right nothing new there crash retrieval program nothing new uh recruitment yeah now i found i found this the most interesting part of the post and of course it's the longest i i'm not yeah, they talk about going to third world countries to recruit people, and they're looking for people with psionic abilities, extrasensory oh. perception, telepathy, psychokinesis, etc. They're called P3, P3 assets. Native Americans have a higher per- natural percentage of people with this genetic ability. Huh. That's why they can, they see their ancestors and they, you know, they're very spiritual yeah. and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That would make sense. I mean, if if like, you know, Western men or European men are just so far away from nature yeah yeah know. we we are and we make fun of these sigh you know you know come on you're not psychic no such thing as that you know so the culture ridicules that but in other cultures they don't ridicule that you know like in india they love their gurus and they love you know spiritual and I, most i think countries uh, yeah. in the east are like that well what i find something that i've becoming that i heard a long time ago that it's i'm starting to believe more and more is that humans are everyone is just a little bit psychic yeah. that's what a gut feeling is agreed that, that's what you know you have a dream about something then it happens that's what deja vu is it's just we've been conditioned to ignore this and treat it as a as a joke or just a coincidence and stuff like that yeah and yeah as you get more and more into this and more and more spiritual you you start realizing you know there are no coincidences there are no just happenings mm-hmm. you know it's yeah and people have talked about it and something i brought up on the show before like um the the secret about believing if you believe something it'll become real yeah, you know so I mean, that, doesn't, that doesn't just come out of nowhere no it doesn't and it's it just shows you the power of the of the individual and that yeah like you said when you start noticing these things and start interacting with it you'll see that uh the universe will interact with you or send you different messages or opportunities or as long as you're aware of them you know and it, it mm-hmm. just happens and again no one can really explain why it's just that it's kind of like we we are co-creationists in this universe yeah uh, interacting with something with some intelligence and if you just show interest in it it'll show interest back it's very exactly um, what does that remind me of? There was another book I read about just the universe and how the about consciousness and the universe. It's two things, and that the reason why the universe keeps expanding is because it lets consciousness do what it wants, even individual consciousness or collective consciousness, and and both love each other for that. Like it allow the universe allows consciousness to do these things, and then consciousness is attracted to the universe because it lets it do that. Kind of, you know, I'm not saying it right, and I forgot where I read this. Well, it's but almost it like we, sense. we talked last week about, or maybe it was a week before, about quantum computing. I almost kind of see it as that. If you've got one quantum node right. in, in your head and the universe is another quantum node, and they so they're both interacting with each other. So yeah. the, the, the universe expanding thing, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. 
Yeah, and quantum, uh, yeah, a lot of people say that uh, that our brains are like quantum computers, and it's just the way how our consciousness is or our thought is that we can do it in parallel. We can, so that's what quantum computing does in a way, and why it's so quick is that its equations, uh, it, the way they say is that it's, it calculates on in parallel universes. Why that's why it could do it so quickly. Like, yeah, I mean, like right now, I'm I'm wiggling my toes, and I encourage everyone listening to do this right now you're as you're wiggling your toes you, it's not like you go okay i'm gonna wiggle my toes and then a brain you know duh, 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 yeah. duh, duh, sends a message all the way down to your toes and then back and then they wiggle it happens as you think it yeah you're actually visualizing it too and it's instantaneous yeah yeah and but that's why in sports they tell you visualize because it works yes when you visualize something happening it just works they, don't, they still don't you know even though we have robotics and all that and robots tell their fingers to move and we don't work like that. They don't understand what does it when we say move the hand, move our hand, move your arm. Uh, they still don't know what is behind the intention to begin moving everything. And it, it goes even beyond that. If if you're some sort of fat, orange, uh, rich person, <laughs> and everyone tells you you can't become president, and you say, "Oh, I'll become president," <laughs> it it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that goes for everything else. That's a great life lesson. Don't ever. Sell yourself, sell yourself short. If even if you like, you know, something's too far out there, or you can't, you can't get it. If you want to do it, just do it and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens when you go through the or go on the path. Um, because you never know. Maybe something that was a long shot to you actually happens. Exactly. So this guy has been showing up, Alex Collier. Yeah. He was in two articles or three <clears throat> articles this week, uh, even though he came out in the 80s. Now, it's a little out there. I got to be honest, but, you know, we got to keep an open mind with these things. Yeah. So ex-U.S. soldier spent time aboard a UFO and describes the privilege of 92 days living with aliens. Uh, Bold claim. Wasn't this the thing? Was Is this the same guy that he was really only gone for? Yeah. 18 minutes. I was going to say 15 minutes. Equivalent to 18 uh, minutes on Earth, 92 days on the on in alien time is what the article says. Alien time. But I mean, we've talked, we've talked a lot about time dilation um, and how it, we've proven that time dilation does exist. I mean, we can't do it on a level like this, um, right. you know, but it's just like, I, you know, Einstein talked about it. I mean, we've known about time dilation for yeah, a while. Scientists so. know about it. Exactly. And, and relativity. And, mm -hmm. but even, you know, we experience it with either, you know, when you do it, when you're dreaming, some people, when they pass out, um, see their whole lives go through them. And it's been, it was just like five minutes, you know, yeah. um, people doing not peyote. What is it called? DMT. DMT. Yeah. Yeah. They would go through an entire lifetime in that 15, 20 minutes. Imagine. And come back, and they're like, you know, sad, and like, you know, they developed relationships and had kids, and I don't, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And if you hear, if you read some of the the um, the experiences that people have had who died and came back, and yeah, I mean, they they lived full lives. Yeah. Um, you know, it might it might just be people who saw um, that movie um, about dreaming. Fuck. Oh, uh, not Interstellar. His other one. His other uh, one is Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. But anyway, maybe they're make they're spinning a yarn, as they say. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, too many people have come forward with experiences like that to 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 not you know think there might be something to it. 
You want exception? This one might be boring here. I mean, this kind of ruins it. Collier claims that his alien interactions aren't confined to this lifetime. He said that in a previous life, some sixty-two thousand years ago, he was killed in a battle alongside aliens. <laughs> I yeah, get him, but it's just come on, man. Come on. You have to. If something, this is what I've learned. If something truly insane happens to you, you don't sell the whole package. You have to do it in bites because if you sell the whole package, you come off as a crazy person, which is sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. I mean, because he says a lot of true things in here. I mean, let's take a listen. Let's see if he's even worth It's only three minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. How they treat each other. Anyway, the first time I was brought on um, on an Andromedan mothership, and they are 900 miles in diameter. Oh, my God. Okay. They are completely self-contained worlds. Everything they need is there. I had to wear a belt so that it would keep my physicality together so that I could spend this time with them. With the very first time I, I walked on and in the middle of, they're made up of different levels. The craft I was on had 24 different levels. How does he know that? And all right, whatever, I'm gonna listen. Um, in the middle of these craft, there is a 21 mile by 21 mile park, with trees and everything, okay? And they use extensive technology and holographs, and they can literally create their sunrise, their sunset, okay? What's that you, movie? And, uh, uh, wait a minute. Wally. Oh, yeah. Wally. And Wally, they had the same thing. It was a huge starship. They had like holographs. They had to create their own suns, uh, sunrise, sunrise and sunset. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And the trees and plants grow because it is a holograph, but it is real, even though they're creating it with technology. The very first time I walked on, there were children. They teach their children in the middle of these parks. Everything's done in nature, like very much like the Native Americans used to do, you know, when the teepee got too small. And I walked on, and there were a bunch of children there. And as we walked out of a corridor, down a corridor, and out into this huge space of what looked like could be anywhere, like Agoura Hills or someplace out here, a park, the children moved away from me. And I was like really hurt. And I was like, oh man. And Mornay immediately picked up what I was feeling, and he said, it isn't you. We have been teaching them about your race. <laughs> it's really not all that funny. <laughs> okay. Um, they were afraid of us. You know, and these are children I have never seen before, but immediately felt our energy, my energy, because I represented all of us. You know, and I do the best I can. Sorry. I mean... <laughs> But, you know, I got my own stuff to work out, too. <laughs> so, At least he's got a sense of humor about it. You yeah. know, they're learning, and, and, and I'm, I'm amazed that they, you know, they still want to come back and, and help. Another time I had been um, waiting we for them, they finally we showed up. We, we shoot them down, unfortunately. Yeah. With lasers. America! America. Yeah. Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's crazy how big the craft is. 31 days on earth all right um i remember there's another one. Oh crap uh-oh what happened you, can you hear me all right yeah i can hear you did you crash 
I thought something was happening. It's a lot of tabs. Uh, so he's another one, but you know, a, a much shorter one. Uh, w I O N. But I just want to see this this quote here at the end. Um, he says that our science tells us that there are 100 billion galaxies, but we're only looking at one dimension. He said in a 2007 interview while recounting his alleged experience, according to the and Andromedans, there are 100 trillion galaxies and every galaxy has life in it. As we are far from being alone, the universe is vast. We are just, just beginning to travel space. And then here, Collier claimed the aliens told him that the U.S. Army was far more technologically advanced than, than what the general public knows. I you once know asked that. Andromedans how technologically advanced we were, and they said that the United States Army is 400 years more technologically advanced than we think they are. Wow. Yeah. That's terrifying. I mean, that is terrifying. I mean, we don't want those people, you know, to have to be that um, that advanced, you know? No, definitely not. Unfortunately, they are, and it kind of like, it's, you know, it looks like it a lot because they they act like they can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. Laws don't apply to them mm -hmm. or their allies, you know, for that matter. Um, they just gutted the UA UAP Disclosure Act just like that right at the end, even though it passed the House and the Senate. You know, just yeah. that type of behavior just shows that someone, someone, someone is really advanced that's in charge and doesn't want this ever to come out. Not to the general public, anyway. Right. Uh, he's a great researcher, Michael Schratt. We're a big fan of his. He did a, a great presentation called Historical Legacy of Gravity Research. So he takes UFO encounters, right, mm -hmm. um, from the past that he's pretty sure and witnesses are sure that it's human. He's from the 50s and 60s. So he goes through and tries to figure out what, kind, what type of technology they have. Uh, we're not going to listen to the whole thing. We can just take some snippets. But it's a great, it's a fun presentation. Inverted with these donuts. So let's do a zoom in here and we'll get a little bit closer. She's watching all this thing as if things fly by. Flew over the uh, the clothesline here with some of the clothes that were already put up. And she got a real good look at the bottom of this thing. And now you can see this coming into view here. You've got these Tesla coils. You've got these globes. You've got these uh, donuts. And then separated by a black band. That's kind of what she's describing here. And let's zoom in real close here. Donut-like rings on bottom of craft identical to a toroid on a Tesla coil. That's what this thing looks like. I mean, it's got a very mechanical structure to it. It looks man-made. Yeah. It even had this Aztec lettering on the bottom of it that looked like a ancient Persian rug, this hieroglyphic type lettering on the bottom of it here. Now, this is her sketch. Fantastic job on this. Just absolutely beautiful job on this is original sketch. And you can see these donuts with the inverted hieroglyphic type writing and the black bands between each of these donuts. You know, it's really weird. They use, I mean, you know, maybe maybe I'm thinking now this is this can't be human because, I mean, unless we're starting to do this too, but always with alleged alien stuff or even ancient stuff, there's writings integrated with the technology, almost like these words are technology also, like magical spells in a way. You know, I mean? runes, runes. Is I mean, that what it is? That's supposedly, I mean, yeah, if you believe, I mean, it's so hard to say because a lot of ancient cultures, you know, they said that uh, there's a lot of magic behind uh, the special symbols that they drew. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, and so maybe it's not magic. Maybe there's something that's, I don't know. I mean, it's impossible something to say. About the words. I mean, even, even the word spell, it's a spell, right? You were spelling. Right, exactly. Cast, so weird. I mean, and it's something that I know the Nazis were super into. They loved runes. They loved that's symbols. Right. I mean, yeah, look yeah. At the, and look at the swastika. They, yeah. they they took that, which was a symbol of uh, peace, and and I think in like ancient, not ancient Buddhism, but I'm it was. Sure. It's ancient, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they turned Tibet, it into a symbol of evil. Yeah, Hinduism and Tibet. There it is. Yeah. Donuts, and let's see if we can figure out exactly what we're looking at here. So here's this side by side comparison, and it's really giving this man made type conclusion here so this is what the craft looked like you can see that these lights were rotating and she definitely said that there was this ancient arabic language that looked like a border on a persian or oriental rug hmm. or it might look like mayan or inca pottery on the underside of these donuts uh, each one of these sockets um, had a different colored light on it as well so what can we <laughs> have a corresponding electrical component to this. So if you look at a Tesla coil with a top load, you've got the primary coil, you've got the secondary coil, and let's go to the next slide here. This is the breakdown here. Wow. Now you can see the primary coil, you've got the secondary coil, and then you've got this toroid. Is this what our primary eyewitness was seeing? These stacked up and a Tesla coil, is that what she was seeing here? Note toroid on top, almost identical to what the primary eyewitness was yeah, describing here. This case now, quickly, take a look. This one, this case is pretty cool. This is a Project Blue Book case. March 23rd, 1966. This is Temp Temple, Oklahoma. Primary eyewitness was a man named Eddie Laxon. He was a private pilot. He had 5,000 hours pilot in command. He was working at Shepard Air Force Base as an electronics instructor. So it's 5.05 .05 in the morning. He's driving down the road. It's still a little bit dark out, so the sun was just coming up over the horizon. He's driving down the road, and something blocks the way something. he's driving here. This was a best way to describe it. A bowling pin tipped over at 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. This thing was about 75 feet long, about 9 feet tall. Over on the right, it had a bubble transparent canopy. The whole thing was propped up on what looked like pogo landing gear from the lunar landing project. <laughs> there were two beaming spotlights that were directly forward facing, two beaming spotlights vertically facing downward. Aft of the front landing gear, there was a air stair door opened up. There was a man, not an alien, not an extraterrestrial, a man about five feet 10. Sorry. He had two piece military green fatigues on. He had a baseball cap with the bill turned up. He was shining a flashlight at the bottom of this air stair door. Now, Eddie Laxton went back to the trunk of the vehicle, was just opening up the trunk to get the camera. That's when this man noticed he was being watched. And we'll, we'll continue on here. Now, above this air stair door, there was a spire that swept back toward the aft end of the craft, and it terminated in about an eight inch diameter ball. And that's what we want to look at here. What is this spire that came back? What is this prong and protrusion that we see on a lot of these UFOs? Now, after the air stair door, mm -hmm. there was a about a three electric. and a half foot diameter porthole window divided into four equal pie segments. Just aft of that porthole window, 
but this is actually the starboard side. Letters written in black, TL4768, written on the side of the craft. At the very end of the craft, there was what looked like flight controls that were way too small to be aerodynamically effective. Now, when the gentleman holding the flashlight noticed he was being watched by Eddie Lex, and he scurried up this air stair door, he slammed this door shut. Then there was a high-pitched drilling noise, which I think is fascinating because this pops up multiple times. This high-pitched whine, this craft levitates off the ground, sits there for 30 seconds, and then takes off like a spark in a grinding wheel. And this is in 1966. This is before <laughs> Apollo 11. Let's go to the next one here. In Apollo large 11. of discharge sphere at extreme end of spire slash stinger, is this what we're looking at here? An electrical discharge sphere, just like a Wimshurst generator? Is that what we're looking at here? Take a look. Crazy, huh? He goes through a lot of these cases and just, you know, proves that a lot of these are they're human made. Yeah, definitely seems like it. Oh yeah, this one. Have you heard Ooh. of this story? Uh, uh, these were um, military like a man-made component here. Let's go on to the next one. This one talked about this one before. February third, nineteen eighty-three, Mobile, Alabama. Primary eyewitnesses driving down the road. It's at night and it's about nine thirty p.m. She hears this booming noise. Her car starts shaking. So she pulls off to the side of the road. She thought something was wrong with the transmission. So she looks under. Everything seems to be fine there. She gets back in, drives another half mile down the road, and she sees this craft above the ground about 50 feet. She gets out of the car. She starts looking at this thing at close range. It was about 210 feet long, 80 feet high. And if we start at the upper section here, it had a transparent section wrapped around the first one third of the craft. And she said she could see what looked like five foot ten humanoid looking beings. They didn't look ET or alien. They were all wearing a one piece tight fitting flight suit. It looked like a sterile antiseptic environment. Below that, there was another transparent panel. Below that, there were what looked like uh, multicolored lights, which I'm going to talk about later. Now, below that section, was what looked like multiple sandboxes with protrusions sticking out. Then she said there was a door closing from right to left. This whole thing was fastened by what looked like bridge rivets and plates, she said. On the bottom of the craft, there was a gondola with the same five foot 10 humanoid looking beings. Now at the very bottom of the craft, there were hundreds of these 12 inch by 12 inch highly polished reflective mirror devices in the form of a cross at the bottom of this thing. Now, when she's looking through the craft, she said she could see what looked like cross beam and girder construction or look like bulkheads at an East Coast shipping yard. That's what it looked like in the interior. Now I'm gonna to go to the front view. Now you can see oh, human. a front view with this door closing from right to left. You've got all these windows, these uh, portholes. I mean, could you imagine if that 1966 one is the US Army, you know, 20 years later, of course it could, you know, yeah. be the if they, well, if their technology, if the U.S. Army's technology is truly 400 years ahead of ours, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is not even this is well within the realm of possibility. I mean, Catherine Austin Fitz says it herself when she did the when she first researched into the missing trillions that she found 20 plus trillion dollars missing. She said, "Where's that going?" She goes, "It has to be going to spaceships and like you know, yeah. off Earth, off Earth bases because." We don't see anything here, even if it's for multi, say if it's deep underground military bases, 
That's not going to cost trillions of dollars, you know. So some other civilization is being financed. And she says that the Federal Reserve finances this one and that one. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. Audit the Fed. So yeah, definitely. We'll put it in the, in the show notes so everyone can go and watch that presentation in their, you know, private time. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, notorious ransomware gang, claims it pulled classified top secret documents from U.S. intelligence agencies. The group said the data will either be sold or made public. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, I, that's what I said. That's what I, I sent back to you. I said, release it, you cowards. <laughs> that's exactly what she said. So in a post on the dark web, Alpha V or Alpha V claimed that it had successfully Pilfered, all right, 300 gigabits of data from the Technica Corporation, a company which, according to its website, supports the federal government and their mission to support, to defend, and protect America's citizens. Well, it sounds like that is the right group you want to hack. Right, and uh, the FBI got in. Leaks of classified and top-secret documents the group, the group wrote. Oh, sorry, on this book. Documents related to the FBI and other U.S. intelligence agencies. If Technica does not contact us soon, the data will either be sold or made public. So dumb. Technica develops advanced solutions for cyber operations. I don't think it's anything with UAP, right? I don't think I don't think they found anything worthwhile. Yeah, it's not going to be just on someone's server like that. Yeah. Fun though. They're trying to cash in now on the UAP. Yeah, why not? Everyone else is. This is a waste of time, uh, but it's really long just to say that this person is a moron. Int- the intelligence service is New York Mag, NY Mag. No, aliens haven't visited the Earth. Why are so many smart people insisting otherwise by Nicholson Baker? Isn't that now, funny? A lot of smart people you know, say say the sky is blue, but you shouldn't believe them either. <laughs> it's a really long article. He goes through the, I mean, a good, it's a really good summary of of the leaks he has corso in there of course grush is in there and you know what he doesn't talk about is he goes through everything except that the senate um gutted the uap disclosure act yeah weird it's almost like it doesn't fit their uh their yeah. um the messages they're trying to send here right it's i mean if more nothing... Patrick apology apologies yeah. if there's nothing there then why don't you allow it but you know rewrite if he says that, then it doesn't fit this really long narrative that he's trying to that he's trying to um, paint here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's okay to be skeptic, you know, but it's just I don't this know. is this is what happens when you're not on the knife's edge. This is when you fall to the skeptic side, and, and <laughs> there's no you can see all the proof in the world. An alien can come up and shove his fingers up your nose, and you go, "No, no, this is CGI." It's animatronics, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's animatronics. <laughs> uh, he even says that Grush's story. Wait, he go, uh, where is he saying? Grush seems sincere and polite and cheerful. In interviews, he has said he's on the autism spectrum, which helps him focus. He uses military buzzwords sometimes, like near peer adversaries and asymmetric national defense advantages, but not in an off-putting way. He says. When he came to learn about the existence of the secret saucers, he was troubled and felt it was highly unethical for their existence to be kept from the public. He also says he has at times wondered whether he was being deceived. Quote, was this some kind of ruse against me? Am I being used in any kind of way? 
No, he decided. So this writer's saying he was. <sighs> this is just making me angry. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Well, he's an idiot. I mean, you can't sit there and, and not talk about what happened in Congress and Senate and right. the UAP Disclosure Act. You can't. Then, you know, you're a joke. Um, so this is great. This is out of Canada. Pilots describe bizarre lights and triangles over Canada in air traffic control audio. Yeah, it's, it's you too. Go ahead. Yeah, is there any active military uh, airspace just like north of Winnipeg? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing I'm aware of. You said north of Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, no, not right now. Okay. Lots of active uh, bright light information, three, and they look like they're at like 500 or something, just trying to figure it out. 500? Okay, yeah, no, I, I haven't heard anything. I'll, I'll check ahead with the next sector. If that could be. Alrighty then. <laughs> Alrighty then. Thanks this is no Canada. Like Jim oh, Carrey. Jim Carrey. Oh. Alrighty then. Around fifty thousand feet, roughly, is that correct? Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say, but yeah, the yeah, it keeps being like three to four really bright lights, and they kind of were in like a triangle formation, and then it looks like they will dipper for a bit, and then they disappear, and then they come back. Drones. Okay, uh, okay thanks for that. I'll, I'll just make a note, but yeah, I, I can't think I'll of what that might be. Just make a note. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, there. Okay, okay, there. Go ahead. I'll speak up. One golf victor, uh, this is a strange question, but are you seeing any uh, flashing lights ahead uh, at high altitude? We just got a report from another aircraft. Type, uh, we don't see anything yet. Okay, thank you. They reported them as uh, north of Yankee Whiskey Golf, uh, which is the city off your 11 o'clock position for about 90 miles. So I guess just let me know if you see anything. Copy that. So if we see anything, I will let you know. Okay. Ah, that's the Indian. Yeah, what big for Canada 786? Canada 786, go ahead. This aircraft's uh, 12 o'clock, same altitude. Is that one ours? Uh, it's a flare flight. Okay. Uh, so we're going to 600. Yeah, check Canada 786. Uh, you can see these lights, 12 o'clock. See something uh, flashing lights. Uh, it's around 1130, uh, 600. Yeah, forming triangles, and then flying away and coming back. The quite light is coming uh, towards us, uh, slowly above us, very successful. Uh, more than 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, sir. Take for Canada 786. Do you have any traffic out there? Uh, no, I, I had one other report uh, 10 minutes ago from a, a Morningstar flight uh, east of Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, reported the same thing. Uh, her best guess was, was around... Somewhere around flight level five zero zero, and uh, thought it might be somewhere north of of Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, where, so or do, do you have a guess as to what you might think the altitude is? Hard to tell, uh, just because the I, I'd say she's probably pretty accurate, but they keep forming up in a triangle, and then yeah, it's pretty odd. Okay, yeah, no, that's the second report then. And yeah, there's no there's no active airspace, military airspace, anything like that we're aware of. Uh, I honestly have no idea what that might be. So weird. I mean, people will say drones, but, you know, yeah, at, that, at that altitude. Did they ever, 
I mean, I was listening, but I didn't hear it. They didn't get anything on radar, did they? Or did they say? They, they said just they couldn't see it. Yeah, weird. Because uh, you think air traffic control, that would be the first thing they check, right? Yeah. They just keep going, do you have reports of military craft or something like that in the area? The guy goes, no. But you'd think he'd, well, maybe it just wasn't included in the recording. You'd think they'd check the, you know, the the radar. They estimated the lights were all above them as high as 100,000 feet, which is beyond the reach of most fighter jets. Two other crews also chimed in saying, uh, and to say that they've recently had similar sightings over Canada. Whoa, man, that's weird. Wait, sc scroll up just a little bit. Yeah. I haven't seen them tonight, but we've seen we've been seeing those lights for probably the last 18 months or so. Just for your Whoa. information, a pilot on a cargo jet flight from Hamilton, Ontario to Winnipeg reported. Really? So they've been seeing them for a while now. Yeah. I've never seen them eastbound, only westbound, the cargo jet pilot added. And yeah, same thing too. Movement all over. Sometimes they make a triangle. Sometimes they make a diamond and square. They're, they're bright and they just appear all over. And the, I know the first lady said they kind of, it kind of looks like the Big Dipper. People don't know yeah. what it looks like. It's a square with a line that comes off of it. And it looks like something, right. like, you know, like a ladle. A ladle, yeah. A square ladle. The company, but you're right about, let's see, uh, where's, here's NORAD. All right, so according to both the audio and written report, NAV Canada Air Traffic Controllers also alerted the, the military's Canadian air defense sector in North Bay, Ontario, which is tasked with the monitoring, uh, with monitoring the continent's northern approaches as part of NORAD. Uh, not typically investigated sightings. I'm not seeing any radar. Let me search. Yeah. NORAD detects radar tracks and if required provides a threat assessment of those tracks based on a variety of factors, but it sounds like they didn't. Huh. We do not, for, for security reasons, we do not discuss how NORAD assesses threats. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, thanks for keeping us safe. I see it too. This is Texas-based engineer. Crazy, man. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, well pilots no. are, are well documented in seeing weird stuff in yeah. the sky because they're in the sky. Exactly. I exactly. almost sent you. I almost sent you a video. It's, it was. It wasn't conspiracy or UFO related. It was just kind of cool. Two uh, MiG fighter jets out of Russia. Yeah, they, they flew up really high. So they were basically on the edge of space. Mm -hmm. It was just. It was just cool footage. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, the, the MiGs are really cool that they can do that. Yeah, they're way way high up, and like they're, you basically can see the entire planet below them. It's pretty cool. Um, All right. Let me this. Here's another post. In 1973, two witnesses had one of the most bizarre encounters of all time. Just as a side note, this is one of my favorite encounters because it's <laughs> <laughs> because I'm coughing because it's so bizarre. <laughs> so they had the most one of the most bizarre encounters of all time. They claimed to have met a creature who called himself All Colors Sam. He was described as a humanoid cross between a clown, a robot, and an alien. Oh, come on. That's you, amazing. You should, you should see some of the, the artist uh, renderings of this creature. Um, Is it here in this video? Probably. I mean, you could just you could just Google Google image all all color Sam. Um it's a it isn't a very it's weird. If I remember correctly, it was like two two little girls, the the sundown clown. Yeah. Um that was another name for it. Two girls were playing. Um, they were playing out in like near their house, but in the woods, and they came across this UFO kind of like thing. And this, yeah, and this this robot clown alien thing walked out and hung out with them for a few minutes. Yeah, see, look at that picture. Isn't that weird? 
So weird. Maybe it was so a little girl, a little boy, but yeah, they came back and they were freaked out and the dad, you know, listened to them and they n- never found anything, but I don't even know how this story got a whole lot of traction. I mean, technically this could be two little kids making up a story, but um, it's still, yeah, it's still very interesting. The little oh, girl would be in her fifties at this point. This took place a long time ago. <clears throat> 1973. Yeah. And it had what so the eyes were like this too. Yeah, it was cut out like trying it had yeah. The face was the weirdest part. Whoa man. Yeah, you should this is only a seven and a half minute video. You should check this out when you get a chance. Um, because it is a very bizarre encounter. This is one of those goofy ones where it's like none of it makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. It had a it had a microphone. He yeah. was talking. It was talking through a little box on the ground. All right, man. That's something. Someone terrestrial is doing this. I'm not saying it's yeah, humans, that, but like, that's some weird stuff. It's just high strangeness. Yeah. Trying to find the book. After retrieving the book, the entity hopped away from the children, moving in a high need leaping motion, <laughs> reminiscent of an astronaut navigating the surface of the moon. It then disappeared into a small, windowless metallic hut that resembled those found on construction sites. Curiosity peaked. The children watched the hut from a distance. Suddenly, the entity reappeared, holding a device that resembled a black microphone with a white cord. The haunting wail they had heard earlier filled the air once more, sending the boy running in fear. Faye, however, remained rooted to the spot as the screeching sound faded. And the entity began to speak into the microphone. Oh my god. Are you still here? Came the voice, <laughs> clear and non-threatening. The children, now more curious than scared, ventured back towards the entity. The entity then wrote a message in a large, childish scrawl in its book. Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. The children soon learned that the entity could talk without the aid of a microphone and without moving its lips. Its voice though perfect English was distorted, as though it was unable to open its mouth properly. The children began to ask questions, to which the entity, Sam, responded with ambiguous answers. Sam then invited the children into his dwelling, Hmm. a hut that appeared to be constructed of wood but had a metallic floor. The interior walls were adorned with green patterns resembling dials. The only furnishings within the hut were a rudimentary wooden table Sorry, so you know what I just thought of? Someone needs to do like a, like a VR game with <laughs> all these experiences, but so that cool. you actually that you actually go through them. Because uh, I don't, I would love to just experience something like yeah, this that. Yeah, that would that's actually a really good idea. That'd be awesome, right? Just take just take every single weird one of these and just have an experience, a VR experience. Yeah, you could you could go and check out uh, Benny and Betty and Barney Hill. You could yeah, do Travis yeah. Walton. You could do exactly sp- it. Yeah. Yeah, and fact be... based, obviously, like you know, the right. real things that happened, like sit with Travis, get all the details. Um, I mean, I mean, if, the, if this report is detailed too, I mean, that so yeah, think about it, that'd be a good project for us to uh, um, to grift out of, off of, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway, that's I've never heard of this, I've never heard this. oh, uh, all no, the this is ever written, I mean, written, read, and videos and podcasts, I've never ever heard about this one if you just if you go on like um if you go on spotify and just type in the sandan clown or all colors sam you'll find a couple there's a really good one of course i can't remember their name right now 
Um, I'm not a huge fan of their podcast, but they do cover a lot of cool UFO sightings and they get really, really in depth. Oh, nice. Um, uh, oh, yeah. We, we did a poll last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. about like what deep dive people want us to do. So we did. Uh, we, we got we got some votes for uh, the one that won was anti-gravity anti-gravity oh, okay. research for for a deep dive. So, yeah, let's think about that one. I mean, because and it goes with what, what Michael Schratt is saying. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of research in the 50s. And then all of a sudden it stopped because you can see it in ma- magazines, newspapers. And then all of a sudden, like. Uh, mid to late 50s black you don't hear about it ever mm-hmm. again so something happened uh the podcast i was thinking of that does a deep dive on the sandown clown is the uh, astonishing legends podcast okay all right so yeah definitely uh, oh here we go i know cyberpunk features started folks <laughs> elon musk says Neuralink has implanted its first brain chip in humans Patient recovering well with signs of promising neuron spike detection, says Elon Musk. Wow. I can't so believe we're here. It's, it's starting. You'll be able it's to starting. you'll be able to listen to music without headphones. You'll be able to c- control your uh, your car with your brain. You'll no, be able to send you'll be able to send your favorite tweets to your cousin. Who knows? <laughs> you know, uh what what's cool though is I you know, yes. Even if they, even if put if they put a chip in your head, you still have to train uh, the machine. So like, it'll, I'm sure when you put it in, it'll tell you, okay, now think like you are moving your right hand. Think that okay. you're moving your left hand, right? And then it maps how your brain looks like what when you're thinking about these different issues. It might say like, think A, think B, think C. That way you can type or think of this word or that word. You know, I don't know what, how to, how extensive it's going to go. I'm thinking that's how it works, and it'll just you, yeah. yeah. You always gotta <clears throat> you always gotta play the tutorial level, or as I like to call yeah. it, the fun yeah. tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. You go through a tutorial with it. Now these things do not have write; they cannot write to your brain. At least that's the research. I remember I, I researched into this. I got really upset about this, you know, Neuralink and what they're trying to do. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to share your brain scans with the government or with the oh, FBI or the CIA, and that's the problem here. You know, it's not going to be, you're not going to, it's not going to be private. I'm sorry. It's going to be leaked and it's going to be shared with another AI and who God knows what that AI is going to do with it. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Like this is, this is great news for paraplegics and, you know, people like Stephen Hawking. Yeah. And if I remember, right. if I remember correctly, um, Elon Musk said the first human trials would all be from people who, um, Mm-hmm. had problems like that and were willing to volunteer so it's not like you right. know he's, he doesn't call his coffee intern and says all right sit down in this chair and take this pill and we'll wake you up in about six hours right i mean it's, it's people that that don't have that they can't use their limbs um right. so yeah they need to speak to the computers directly so it is a noble cause but all of this all these things start with noble causes yeah i mean this is um this is like if you ever play any video games that take place in the post pocket and looked at look, oh, mm-hmm. after the apocalypse and you go into like some rundown scientific building, you'll always find a note that says first trial was a success. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's obvious whatever they were working on killed everybody in the, You're in so the building. Right. Yeah. They're all like that. Yeah. So I received FDA clearance. We know that means nothing last yeah. year. Um, so the implant trial is in September. Oh, last September, the company said during the study. 
a robot developed by the I mean, look, it's cool and stuff. I just don't trust the people running the world or the or his investors or him. Right. He's well, kind of if, and if I remember correctly, didn't all the monkeys he did he did trials on? Didn't they like? Didn't they kept like monkeys kept killing themselves because they were in they so much dying. pain? Yeah, yeah, and they kept dying. Exactly. Like one of them worked. So anyway, it's horrific. Bro. I don't, I don't know why we're doing this. I know he keeps pushing, um, transferring your consciousness over to to computers. You know, so I'm thinking I'm, that's why I'm thinking where he's going with this. Yeah, I, there's it's it's weird because it, I. All of these companies, whether it's VR or media, any kind of media, it's all about escapism, and this included. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. you you hate the world so much, you want to mm -hmm. you want to change your perception of it or build your right. own, and that's what this is starting to feel like. And it's such a shame because all of these rich assholes have completely ruined it for everybody else, and now they're trying to find ways to get exactly. out of the ruined world. There you go. That's exactly I mean, it's the same thing. You talk about breakaway civilization. It's about leaving yeah. Earth. It's the same thing. Yeah. They ruined it, and now they got to move on to the next thing. And they yeah, don't. See and, they, and there's way more than us than there, than there is them. So they need to keep us entertained and distracted. And yep, you know this is a great way to do it. Uh, now David Icke apparently is being banned or shadow banned on Musk. I mean on Twitter. Now I know I know what shadow banned means. Maybe some people don't. Could you just yeah. ex just ex explain so, that so it's clear? Yeah. So a shadow ban is not an explicit ban. Like you don't know what's happening. But your engagement and your reach will go down uh, based on previous tweets you've done or people reporting you or something like that. So if you, if, if you all of a sudden notice that people are not liking your post as much or, or it doesn't get as far, it's because there's a shadow ban on your account. Yeah, and this is what they your your tweets or whatever it is aren't being exposed. They're not being shown to anybody else. Yeah. So you don't you don't get a message that says you're banned. It just it's a secret. Yeah, exactly. So David Icke says, oh, free speech. Elon Weff Musk will love this. External control of the brain orgasmic this is from uh, Majid Abu Ammar. Real Weff video about brain trips. These people are insane. Along with emails, text messages and GPS location, the government has subpoenaed employees brainwave data from the past year. Woof. Yeah, the Weff or something else. I hope they like. I hope they like the fact that I've only been to my apartment and my job for the past six years. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, so it's that your data thoughts with. that they're after. It's their. It's your thoughts, right? Yeah, no. It, I mean, it's that's exactly right. And you know, that's the other thing is you you can control what people consume, control what people buy, um, and that seems to be the driving force behind all of this. But yeah, you if uh, every every. So all of a sudden, everyone is thinking about M&Ms. What do you do? You start marketing M&Ms to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's something as simple as that. And it keeps you in your bubble, too. So, yeah. uh, you know, whatever you're into, they'll make sure that that's all you're hearing. It's yeah. like a punching bag. So you don't go and, and go on the street and demand things from your government. You know, you're you're ranting, you're raving, you're, you're interacting with people like you, and you get it out of you, and then you continue with your day, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See the tinfoil uh, hats. I know it's a joke now, but it's you know it comes from somewhere. It came from somewhere. It, it came from this kind of technology showing up on on the horizon. Uh, and speaking of the WEF and globalists, Russell Brand was on Tucker. He he had some, I think, three points here where the guy is so eloquent. He's such an amazing speaker. Yeah, but um, he's an alt right racist. Hi, <laughs> alt right, hilarious. I know he, the guy was was Hollywood's. They loved him, right? When he was, he was Hollywood, Hollywood. Darling for like the uh, mid two thousands period. Yeah, 
Yeah, and now he's a recovering drug addict, and he does yoga, and he's and he's calling, he's speaking truth to power, and they can't stand it. Yeah, and not just that, he speaks truth to power with such eloquence, and his the way he puts words together is not many like him in the world. So I'm gonna play some three clips. I think 18 and 25, and then towards the end is another one. Okay, great. Um, Tucker's doing really well. <laughs> he's. I mean, I'm glad he left Fox, actually, because he, we wouldn't see people like this. There's no way he'll bring Russell Brand on. No, of course Fox. not. And there's Russell Brand. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play these. I'm going to get some water really quick. Okay. In the English-speaking world, ran Jonathan Van Tam subsequently took a position at Moderna. We were... There we go. Risk category. This is the reporting of Lee Fang from his, on his have received millions of support. Well, it seems like groups like order to regard misinformation around election campaigning. It seems that 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 this group received government money in order to control online spaces. So, if you're worried about the security of electronic voting machines or absentee ballots, yes, you are denounced by these people and yes. censored by them. That's. It's, that's precisely how it works. And of course, they employ former FBI uh, agents, CIA agents. In a way, I suppose, what happened during the pandemic period because of like the Twitter files, for example, we started to learn the degree to which the deep state were involved in the in social media companies, the degree to which they were censoring and shutting down information, information that we now know to be true, which it was, you know, of course, you'll be aware that Mark Zuckerberg said we did censor true information. The category, in fact, of malinformation is information that's true, but but harmful to the agenda of yes. the powerful. Well, it seems like groups like Logically and the Public Good Project are specifically empowered to control, censor, de-amplify information that is harmful to that agenda. And that's the shadow banning. Yep. You know, that's how they, they just, you. yeah. This seems totalitarian. Yeah. To control what people are allowed to think is, I think that's the definition of it. What I've started to, I suppose that's what, in essence, what I've started to feel and report on consistently, as you noted at the beginning of this, I'm not someone who's affiliated organically with conservatism or what you might regard as right-wing politics, although I, of course, recognize the legitimacy of a whole variety of political views and the right of people to hold different views yes. from one another. But it seems to me that authoritarianism now is being deliberately veiled in a, the insidious language of care, concern, yep. safety, and convenience. It seems to me that we are in a time where we lurch from one crisis to another, that the crisis is always used to legitimize certain and solutions and a docile or terrified public is willing to participate in this proposed solutions that usually involve giving up their freedom we are continually being invited to give up our freedom in exchange for safety or convenience and it seems that this process is radically escalating and i feel that this is something that we will see yet more of in the coming year i feel like you know you've spoken publicly about this that we're potentially on the precipice of 
serious and to use your term hot a hot war with russia and like that's being reported on in my country right now it's like we're being prepped groomed primed for war is coming that we're being kept in a state of constant anxiety in order to induce compliance that the ongoing stoking of cultural tension is to ensure that people don't begin to recognize that actually we have far more in common with one another than we do with these curious sets of establishment interests that seem to be transcendent of national democracy. Just to be explicit, I'm talking about organizations like the WHO, NATO, the WF, yes. and their astonishing influence. Added to that, the types of groups we've discussed already that have been exposed due to Lee Fang's reporting, these think tanks and apparently independent organizations who are not independent when you look at where they get their money, big pharma or the government or the military industrial complex or the kind of people they employ people from deep state agencies such as the FBI and CIA that have extraordinary affinity with the legacy media and their ongoing agenda. So what I suppose I'm sensing is that totalitarianism now will not bear the inflections or aesthetics of the tw uh, 20th century militarism, guys in medals with moustaches hmm. thumping their fists on a desk, will be calmly told what, with by gentlemen with beautifully coiffured hair or <laughs> elegantly speaking ladies that just for our safety and just for our convenience, we will be returning to our homes. And anyone that has an audience or a base or an ability to communicate with people to disrupt those types of narratives will be identified and destroyed. Yeah, I well, they're certainly babies. Shows me like, oh, look at all of these realities. How can you live in the ridiculousness of their version of events? I couldn't have been more open and public about the way that I lived when I was younger. I was promiscuous. If anyone wanted to have sex with me, I'd have sex with them. I publicly <laughs> announced it at the beginning of all shows. The idea that that was a some sort of a smokescreen for criminal conduct is absurd. But I recognize now that unless you're willing to be a participant in these systems of compliance and distraction, then you, you pose a, some kind of evident threat. Yeah. And two of the things I thought were important is knowing that you are not God. You are not God. You are. It's not about you. You have to have yeah, I'm going to rewind a little bit. This is important. And, so, and clearly that's one of the wars that's being fought now. It is also a tool for informing and awakening. And I think that we're at this crux point. Which way is it going to go? Are people going to wake up? to the reality that we are being confronted with, or are we going to sort of nervously cling on to the idea that somehow through comfort and panaceas, we might hold on to some old life. Increasingly, I think is over. I watched some of that speech you did in uh, Ottawa or wherever you were in Edmonton, Canada. And two of the things I thought were important is knowing that you are not God, you are not God. You are, it's not about you. You have to have some purpose in your life. And secondly, People must relearn a connection to their land. Our connection to our lands has been broken. Now, many countries, particularly in a post-colonial world, have complex relationships with their land. Sometimes that is a, a relationship with a land that had inhabitants prior to the, our, our arrival or the arrival at least of settlers in your country, for example, or in Canada that you were describing outlining. But we are divorced from nature. We are divorced from our lands. We are divorced from one another. And, and we are fed such an empty, hollow, vapid, fatic diet of lies. Uh, and I've, you said at one point, oh, you should, you know, this is this vast country. You could all have six acres each. Yes. And I felt like, oh, the crowd responding to that. 
People are frightened of the people of Britain or the people of America or the people of Canada or Australia or the people all over the world. For surely those farmer protests are happening in Sri Lanka. They're happening in India. They're not just happening in Europe or Anglophonic countries. They're happening everywhere. They're happening everywhere. And I feel that what's that's precisely the direction we need to return to. Sovereignty of the individual. Sovereignty and sanctity of the connection between people and their land. Maximum amount of power in your own life and the lives of your community and, the, and your loved ones. Not this transition of power to increasingly centralized forces and this uh, infantilization and neutralization and castration of individual and familial power. Can I yeah. ask you a question that you may be able to answer that I've been meditating? I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. He said some really powerful stuff. That was um, extremely powerful. And actually, it's super. I mean, that the timing was perfect. We were just basically talking about this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know about the, the, the farmers, too. Um, and, you know, have you seen what's happening in Germany? <laughs> no, it's right, France. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, funny, man. <laughs> he's he's so he's so passionate and you can tell he's angry about this stuff, but not losing his mind, foaming at yeah. the mouth. You know, he cares. He does care. He really does care. And you can tell, you know, it's it's he was such a different person when he was in Hollywood, obviously. Yeah. And he talks about that at the beginning at the beginning of the clip, how he used to go to the parties and drink and I don't know what. And he just it was empty. See, it was empty. It meant nothing. It meant nothing to him. He goes, now his life is so much better now. And and that's why they're attacking him yep. uh, here to get into what what this ultimately you know can be or is. Tucker, I'll tell you that. Well, you're just uniquely positioned to answer because you've seen both sides. But um, so the things that the people in charge hate include nature. Yes. And the class of people who are most useful to mm -hmm. your nation, you describe them. Cops, firemen, teachers, nurses, all of them are crushed during COVID, by the way. Yes. Um, and farmers. And it's indisputable that if you don't have those people, you don't have a society. You could get rid of every think tank and every sociology department and every liberal arts university. You'd probably be okay. <laughs> Get rid of your farmers, you starve to death. So it's not obvious why the leadership of a country would hate the very people they need most and hate the most beautiful and valuable thing they have, which is nature. Why do they hate those things? It terrifies me to contemplate, Tucker, that people like Alex Jones and in our country, David Icke, who, aside from some views that are impossible to corroborate around quite occultist and, shall we call them, marginal ideas, difficult to corroborate yeah. ideas, when it comes to the subject of globalization and the increasing authoritarianization of our planet, appear to have been ahead of the curve. You can see them 20, 30 years ago saying yeah. the, the empowerment of NATO, the empowerment of world banks and the WHO, like this is extraordinary. And it seems to me that the disempowerment of ordinary people, the condemnation, the demoralization of the public to create people that just are weary and broken and is, if not enslaved, then so dependent it amounts to a form of slavery cannot be inadvertent. It seems to be a denial of something fundamental that I, in my language, I would call spirit, the, the right to be who you are that there isn't something fundamentally ugly or wrong with you, that you are allowed to be who you are. And I see that as a universal principle that will be applied all the way from the left to the right across various yes. ways that people claim their individual identity now.
It seems to me that, yes, that if you start to attack those pivotal infrastructural roles, I was struck when speaking to some of the people that you work with, man, that, you know, um, that's been a cop for 26 years in New Jersey, 35 years yeah. in the security first services. Like these are people that give their lives for a country. So to tell those people that, your country doesn't mean anything or to alter the meaning of what a nation is or alter what your contribution has been. It seems to be about a kind of disorientation. And it's difficult, actually, sometimes. The reason I mentioned at the beginning of this rather caroming answer, figures that are broadly condemned as conspiracy theorists, but then aren't we all these days? <laughs> is the reason I mentioned them is because they talk specifically about ideas that to do with spirituality, morality, and ethics. And it's hard for someone like me to consider that the goals of this global establishment are anything other than power, finance, dominion. But when you talk about this loathing of nature, whether that's human nature or botany or the great expanse, yes. it's difficult yes. to think that there isn't something dark. Yes! And it's called. Because there's no rational explanation for that. There you go. And he screamed it. He's like, yes! So we're dealing with something dark, evil, right? And it's not just, these are not just words. Um, right. You know, I, I think they said that with, with David Icke and Alex Jones. Um, and, you know, he doesn't get everything right. No one does either. And no one's perfect. But there is something anti-human going on here. You mm -hmm. know, and it's strange. And, and then you have that movie, um, you know, that talks about this. Oh, God, of course. Someone has <laughs> glasses. Uh, oh, they live. Oh, right, uh, right. And, and what a great movie! Yeah, and it's something like that where you know, what else can it be? Have they become so anti-human or so not human where they just uh, have this disgust and disdain for civilization or human civilization? I don't know. It's weird. And I, I don't. I, yeah. I mean, the only other thought is that somehow money is poison. Yeah, but yeah. There's a, there's mm -hmm. plenty of well, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. I was about to say there's plenty of good rich people out there, but I, I wouldn't know. They don't say anything. Who who's I mean, uh, I guess is that what maybe that's uh, the point, you know, if if you're a millionaire and you're not you know flaunting it, no one's going to pay attention to you. And so the good people we never hear about cuz they don't they're not showing off. And and they all depend on the same system. So, you know, even a billionaire or a good billionaire, if he speaks up, I mean, remember what happened to Yi? I mean, Yi went a really extreme, I mean, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm just saying, for, for, he's an example where he started speaking out and they took $6 billion away from him, all revenue away from him, canceled contracts, canceled this, canceled that. Mm -hmm. So it might be that too. It's like they make examples of people and they just shut up, you know? Yeah. But is money worth it? I mean, and speaking of, it's weird that you said that and this is the next one exclusive hotelier robert bigelow the ufo guy gives trump one million dollars for legal fees and he also pledged 20 million dollars to his campaign wow you know it's crazy i was talking to some family members who are like all, really anti-trump and even they are thinking that maybe he's the only i'm shocked you know, but but not really. It's it's almost like they created this situation to bring this guy back. And many people have mm -hmm. been talking about this. You know, we've spoken about this on the show to make him look like he's persecuted. And, you know, yeah. And uh, but even uh, like Rappaport, I mean, Rappaport hates Trump, but he's on Twitter making videos saying, you know, is he the right guy? Snoop Dogg, uh, 50 Cent, <laughs> because well, what's happening with, with the migrant crisis in, in New York. Mm -hmm. I know. And you know, what's kind of on that topic what I, i'm seeing a lot of more and more a lot of articles are coming out and showing that 
um, the Democrats as a whole are losing, you know, minority vote. I mean, like black people largely still vote Democrat, but more yeah. and more people are voting Republican and Hispanics yeah. too. I mean, that's a complete lost. Um, the Democrats completely lost that vote. They did for sure. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most most Latinos are, are Latinx, right? whatever we're supposed to call it these days. Yeah, oh yeah, Latinx. Even they don't like that. <laughs> like, no, I know. Latinx. <laughs> it's it's just another thing for liberal white people to pretend yeah. to care about. Uh, yeah, and put people in groups. You know. Yeah. The first person that taught me against this was decades ago was Ron Paul talking about groups. Because yeah. they used to ask him, what, what would you do with like gay marriage? Or what would you do? With he goes, all you have to do is stop treating people as groups and treat them as individuals. And every individual has rights. You don't need laws to put this group and give this group privileges and this group privileges. Exactly. If you just look at everyone as individuals with their own power and sovereignty, like we just saw Russell Brand say, you know, everything will be fine. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's when you start like saying, oh, this group's oppressed, so they, they have special status. No, and this group's oppressed, so now they have special status. It just makes people fight, which is probably the goal. Yeah. Right? That's that's certainly what it feels like. I mean, I just saw the article um, out of Texas a couple weeks ago where yeah. they, they were going to do, you know, a, a, a I don't know what the proper term is, but a graduation ceremony for blacks only. Oh, but, yeah, I, mean, I, have, I have it here actually wait let's get to uh where did i have it queued up was it i should have had it right after here actually but anyway they they banned it because mm-hmm. of the new state legislature but it's one of those things where it shouldn't be happening in the first place because it's just it's just segregation again i don't under, i don't understand have you heard of the, the political horseshoe theory no basically instead of politics being on a spectrum left to right it's a yeah. horseshoe where the further left you go, it curves back around okay, okay. and the further right you go, it curves back around because yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the true far right, you know, your KKK racist, they want to segregate us. The far, the far left loonies, they want to segregate people, and, yeah. you know, and, and sort them according by race. And it's just like, okay, so it all becomes the same thing in the end. Black only swim times, black only lounges, the rise yeah. of race segregation. Again, I have nothing against like every race having wanting to continue their race. Like none of them, I whoever they are, you know what I mean? It's their right. And if they want to have private organizations, they can. But to make this like on Canadian universities is a public thing. Yeah, that's know? right. I sent this to you from one of my favorite subreddits. Yeah. Stupid poll. Yeah. <laughs> Black only swim in Canada as someone who actually was a black student in Canada. Let me say that all three of us <laughs> that can swim and are currently going to school in Canada don't need our own swim time. I promise. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it's just they it's, it's under this good, guise yeah. of equality or equity, I think they're calling it now. And equity, just, yeah. It's just so it's so disheartening to see. You know, because I remember you know, back as a kid, I was always taught to be, you know, you have to be colorblind. You you judge people based on their merits. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now apparently it's racist to be colorblind. Now, you're, you're supposed right. to judge people on their race. And it's just like, that. here we I, are I, again. I think the once, term is anti-racist, right? Once again, this is what I'm talking about when I say horseshoe theory, where yeah. the further left you go, you just become right again. And Isn't that like the Overton window where you talk about in a way it keeps us in this loop where we just don't ever get out of it, you know? Yeah. Or, right it's kind of that's what what the horseshoe is it's like all right so there's no real exit but it's a it's a horseshoe that goes right back to where you started (laughs) but you know when you when you look at politics throughout the years it it is it is like that it's exactly like that you know 
where people that get in, they get in because the country needed them to get in. And then they take it too far, almost like for a reason. Then we go to the other party and back and forth and back and mm-hmm. forth, and back and forth. Um, so annoying. I think people are waking up to it, though, to the unit party. Yeah, I, I, I think people are starting to see it more. They're starting to get sick of it. Um, so on that note, George Knapp, for some reason, I don't know why, but he's he shared three or four different articles this week. So something's up. He's he's there's some PR thing going on. I haven't watched Weaponized this week, so I have no idea. I, I've I, I, I like for some reason I can't uh, nothing against Corbell here what he's doing, but I can, just can't watch that show anymore. It just seems too sensationalist. Um, yeah, no, I get know. it, man. I love Nap, you know, he, he, he's, he's still on coast to coast too, like mm-hmm. interviewing people, but he did two articles. Here's one. He goes, if there are advanced spacecraft, why would they crash? So he goes through here, you know, you know, part of the reasons why. And people have said, people think that actually humans were, were, were pretty unique in creating radar. Um, either that's true or whoever the species are on, on here uh, in the saucers just didn't think would come up with, with radar. Cause that's apparently one of the biggest things that brought them down other, other than nukes. Right. Uh, was the way we use our radar systems. Cause you don't see that anymore. They, they learned about radar. Um, so he talks about Bigelow aerospace, aerospace here, which is Robert Bigelow. He talks about OSAP. Um, so, you know, there's short articles, not too long. And there's another one he did, just a couple days after, who recovers unidentified objects that fall out of the sky? Yeah, it definitely feels like he's building up to something here, right? Yeah, like something's going on. So there was it was those two I found. I mean, we don't have to talk about these. We we know. Yeah, we've talked about them, talked about them yeah. endlessly on the show already. Right, but I just wanted to to just point out that Nap is up to something. <laughs> Keep an eye <laughs> on him, folks. <laughs> and you know, it might be a movie or something like that, but. Yeah. So here's Richard uh, Geldrek again on uh, on X. He uncovered, uh, um, not uncovered, but apparently there's this at uh, at at what university? Wait a minute. What university is this? But it's a it's a UFO a ufologist. All of his papers, um, archive West, is it University of Washington? Oh, you sorry, Wyoming. University of Wyoming. So. All of this guy's documents are freely available for researchers. Richard F. Hines, his name, was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. He received his PhD in experimental psychology. He began work as a research scientist at NASA, where he worked on a number of projects, including Gemini, Apollo, Skylab, and Space Station Freedom. He was appointed chief of space human factors office at NASA Ames in 1986. So, you know, this guy's not a joke. Um, He did a lot of UFO research. So... Just going back, this is some of his sketches. Um, some USSR citing illustrations from the Richard uh, F. Haynes collection at the AHC, University of Wyoming. The materials concerning concerning watching the disc-like flying apparatus at the area of Gibraltar straight in June 1984. So here are some of those. Yeah, pretty, really cool um, drawings here. Really, de- strangely detailed and very symmetrical. I like it. Um, yeah. I do like the. So when we talk about UFOs, a lot of people bring you know think of, of discs. But if you go back to that last photo, yeah, that's the trail of it. See, it's got like kind of an engine thing in the back there. Yeah, 
which is interesting. That's right. So it looks like just like an 80s cartoon, I swear. Yeah. So this is it. Um, These are the two different ships, and this is how it moved. Again, it's showing like how it. That's like the what Bob Lazar said, right? That it goes yeah. up on its, it, on its it, turns on the bottom. Axis. Yeah, the bottom of the ship uh, does it. So we will link up all this stuff. Yeah, it's really it's really cool stuff. It's just more historical um, sightings. Yeah, and and that so much research have got has gone into these things. If this is not real in people's you know imagination, why would they sit there at the university and this guy from NASA just analyze? Right all of this you know yeah. um, that's why those those articles are just so infuriating because i know it works because those that don't want to believe will just dismiss it when they read that like, ah, i knew it yeah okay. i hate it when they use that as proof because it's not proof it's an opinion piece essentially yeah exactly so especially when you look at the articles and as you pointed out they're leaving out you know really important information that you yeah, know goes against the narrative Aircraft sightings, 1914, 1917, 1930, 1939, 1945, 1998. Except Foo Fighters and then Foo Fighters. That's a good idea. Yeah. Split, split them up. Yeah, so really cool. There's Kenneth Arnold again. Yeah, there's a oh, lot here. Yeah. Well, good. So, be nice to dig into this. Yeah, maybe we should, like, um, on some show, just say, all right, I found, I found this on there. You sent me this. Yes, I did. This is... Very interesting. Two sculptures on opposite sides of the planet. Um, well, let me read the title. These man-made sculptures were made thousands of miles and hundreds of years apart, yet they depict the same figure. And the figure somewhat resembles a gray alien, but they both have the same kind of like goggles on their forehead. That I'm assuming they're goggles. I, I couldn't possibly oh, they put know. Put them on their head. Yeah. I couldn't possibly know what they really are, but they they're both. They have a lot of similarities, which is str- strange. So that's Mexico, China. They're exactly the same. Very so wait, similar. Is it really hundreds of years apart? Yeah. Hundreds of years apart. Wow. I mean, the phenomenon is global. And, you know, maybe it just interacts with people that are ready. You know, maybe the Chinese were ready first. Maybe the ones in Mexico were ready first. Or Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I, it was one of those things many, not many years ago. I don't know, four or five years ago, I went to um, Cabo with my family and we went to yeah. Chichen Itza and we went and saw all the, you know, the pyramids and all the sculptures and, and carvings and stuff. And, you know, they had some really bizarre stuff. And I always wondered if it was, you know, they were interacting cause you know, these gods that they were making carvings of, you know, could control the weather or they said they were, they could see the future. They could do stuff like that. And I always wondered if it was, you know, aliens, even then I was like, this has to be aliens coming down and us primitive humans not understanding. And so we came up with the, idea of gods and being able to control all this stuff oh for sure yeah yeah and and that's i think that's one of the reasons why they don't disclose too is because of that they don't want another like or cult or for them to be worshipped or right you know like it was in the past um, we, have to, we have to keep worshiping the rich yes otherwise, exactly otherwise they lose their power yeah that's exactly yeah you're on point there it is yeah they want to be the ones in control of everything they want to be the advanced ones they want to be our protectors and because they know it's profitable and it keeps us in this matrix we're in. Yep. 100p. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know about this one. This is a theory on how the Egyptians built the Great Pyramids. I really like this video that you sent. 
I found it very interesting. Um, the pyramids are still, people have many different theories as to how they were built, why they were built. Um, but this is a really cool about two minute video that shows how it's possible they could have done some of the things um, that they did. And what I said to you is if this is at all real, I mean, it is absolutely, it would have taken such a engineering mind to come up with something of this scale because this is insane, insane stuff. It is insane. You see, so they're using like a huge uh, magnifying glass to to use the power of the sun like a laser, and they're laser cutting yeah. all these blocks, and it's showing the it's showing people like how maybe they could have built the pyramids with this yeah. system. Uh, yeah, it is fascinating. I don't know. I thought this was really cool. Um, and what's what's great about this is. Technically, it shows what would have been possible with the technology given at the time. I mean, they're not using yep. machinery. They're using, really, it's just a whole, whole, whole lot of labor. Um, it's a whole lot of labor, but not in the hundreds of thousands that they had before. But yeah, I would say tens of thousands. But this thing, that laser thing. I I've sw I swear I've actually seen, like, they. I think they have proof that that thing existed. Giant magnifying glass. Oh, you're kidding. I mean, it would make I'm sense. I'm pretty sure I've seen Why that not? before. I could be wrong. This would be so. Can you imagine being one of those guys in that line crawling up to the top Seriously. like that? Oh my god! Or <laughs> like they showed this guy with these guys waving at the top. I'd be like, no, I would not be up there. That would not be me. That's a long fall. So nuts. But yeah, cool. You gotta love how CGI can. Yeah. Can like at least communicate these theories. Well, and clearly, whoever put this together did the research. I mean, they came up with something totally plausible. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you also sent this through. Ancient Babylonian tablet reveals Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. Ar ar archaeologists discover ancient tablet with Pythagorean theorem on it, but it's dated 1,000 years before Pythagoras existed. And I was reading through some of the comments here, and I think a lot of people are have either earlier they came to the conclusion or it's kind of common, no common knowledge in yeah. the, the math world that Pythagoras, um, obviously smart guy, but the reason it became so popular is because he taught it at his school. Exactly. Yeah, he brought it to the West. I mean, he exactly. That's that's yeah, essentially yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, him and many other uh, Greek philosophers did study at the mis mystery schools in Egypt, and you know, this, these are one of the things that he brought back to to the West and to Europe. So yeah, so it's not not too big of a surprise, but it's great to see proof right here. I mean, I didn't I didn't even know about this. Uh, yeah this tablet here i mean look at that with the angles and everything it's just one of those things where people often think that our ancestors were these dumb you know yeah. mud hut dwelling right. idiots that kind of lucked their way into evolving but that's not the case at all i mean humans have been smart for a very very long time we just didn't have the you know technology takes a long time to build up yeah and i think they had different technology but I, what really gets down to the it giant is magnifying glasses yeah, and you know, I I really love that idea because it's right there. Why not yeah. use it for, uh, as a laser? But I, but also, um, but also, if we don't think they're dumb and stupid, right? And we say, all right, they're just as smart as us. That means we have to believe their mythologies. And I think that's where the disconnect happens. You know, yeah, Anunnaki oh. and uh, and that history. Um, man, I, I want to bring up. Topher's media corner early, but because there's something you just sure. said, but I'm not going to. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll let it. I'll let it sit. <laughs> All right. 
Um, I only listened to this yesterday, but it was crazy. So I don't, I don't even know what to play here. But people should listen to this interview. It's the alien face peelers in Peru. Crazy interview. George Knapp interviews this guy who's in Peru too. He's a he's an investigator and archaeologist, I think. That's uh, the Green Goblin. From oh, yeah. That's so cheesy, guys. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so I don't even know where he Hi, I'm George Norris. Platforms from the cover hoverboard platforms, oh. leave them in the jungle and walk into the village. Sometimes they would float into the village. And I I I heard several testimonies of guys who swore to me that they discharged their firearms at tall beings dressed from head to foot in black armored bodysuits with large helmets, as you described earlier, uh, sort of oblong helmets uh, with uh, almond-shaped yellow-tinted eye lenses. And they, they would dis- uh, one gentleman in particular was very adamant with me when he was telling me this, that he had his flashlight trained on one of these guys. And, and this individual, this guy, was floating off the ground he wasn't on one of these hoverboard platforms. Rather, he had disembarked and had floated into the village because apparently on their footwear, they have these small discs. So I don't, I don't want to confuse people with the platforms and the discs that the apparatuses connected to their footwear. Those are two separate things. I think that they, they, maybe they snap into the, di- into the platforms and they can fly away at high rates of speed. But when, they're, when, they, when they disembark from the platforms, they're still apparently able to float, uh, they say, about a meter off the ground. And this particular individual who I interviewed said that he discharged his 16-gauge shotgun point blank at one of these guys, and it knocked him back on his butt. But then he, he quickly popped back up into the air. He, he hopped up into the air and, and began floating again uh, on, on these discs. Uh, on the bottom of his shoes, um, I heard uh, I heard that from a couple of guys in the village that apart from the circular platforms, that the assailants can float around uh, just by 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 means of whatever uh, technological apparatus that they have attached to their footwear. You interviewed one lady who said that she saw him jump over her, her house. Yes, yes, she was telling me how they they are able to to leap into the air with these, just with their footwear, uh, jump over the house and then hover a, a meter off the ground. Now, when they s- presumably snap into these circular hoverboards, then they can move at high rates of speed. They can fly up into the air. They can do all kinds of things. They're very dexterous on the hoverboard. So we're talking about, you know, we're, we're, I'm hearing stories out there of, of everybody, by the way, everybody saw the circular, I'm calling them hoverboards. But these are way more advanced. Is that a real picture of one? Capabilities than any of the I'm assuming so. The commercial sector. So why Peru? You know, I mean, and he he did interview these people and they say, listen, we know that humans have jetpacks. He goes, these people are these things are not human. Like you know, we we think villagers are dumb and blah blah blah. You know, what I mean, or uneducated and you know, uneducated. And everyone's got five G, huh? I was just going to say uneducated doesn't mean dumb. Just right. I, I, I know yeah. you're not saying that. I'm just pointing that out. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or not, not Western educated, you know, but, sure. but these people are, 
you know, they live in their communities. Uh, and But cell phones are, I think every, almost every human has a cell phone. Every human has access to YouTube um, and 5G or at least 4G. That's everywhere across the planet. So, you know, they know if something is not human. It's not right. going to be like people are saying that they're, it's the cartel. You know, <laughs> the cartel would love to flaunt this stuff. They're not scared or embarrassed. No, they're not. To flaunt what they have. <laughs> the cartel loves posting videos online of them killing and torturing people. That's crazy. What's that one? I think we covered it last week. It was that one country they went in and started just killing uh, military and teachers. Yeah, I don't know. It's sad, though. Yeah, you sent this one to me. This is pretty wild. Yeah, so the moon is actively shrinking and crumbling, scientists say. Though gradual, the moon's shrinkage is causing significant seismic activity that could pose a threat to astronauts. Oh, is that an excuse so we don't go back now? <laughs> they keep delaying it, dude. What the hell? I know. <laughs> May threaten future astronauts. Um, but DARPA is still going ahead. You know, they still, we still, they, they came out with, oh no, and, and China. China came out with with an animation of their cities and how their city is going to look like on the moon. I kind of get the feeling China is going to beat us to the moon just because we keep pushing it off. And it doesn't seem like we're, we're too. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it yeah. seems like we're more interested in the VR stuff or the t in the technology stuff in the human body part at the moment. Um, right, it's, because it's, it's probably because they already went and went across the solar <laughs> system. You know, they're like, all right, let's see. That's how, how can we further enslave them since they're waking up? <laughs> they went to the moon. We're like, boring. Let's go back. <laughs> so there's that. Hey, it's just uh, one big rock. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this is in the way. It, that article did say the moon has crumbled over a hundred, or it's shrunk over a hundred meters. I didn't get the year. I, I didn't know how long it's it took for it to crumble, though. Um, Scroll up to the top. To the tippity top. Tippity, oh, tippity top. top. Uh, Earth's natural satellite has lost as much as 100 meters in circumference over the last 100 million years as its core is cooled. Okay, so I think we got some time here. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, some something will replenish it. And this the is geez. some strange entities called obelisks in our bodies. Their purpose is a mystery. Yeah, the human body is very interesting. Scientists discovered obelisks described as a new biological entity in the human body. It's insane, one researcher told <laughs> Science Magazine. If a researcher says it's insane, you got to pay attention. Strange entities hiding in our guts and mouths that may represent an entirely new class of life if they're even alive. Oh, great. Tiny rings of RNA can fold into a structure that looks more like a rod, hence the name. Surprising commonplace in our microbes. Uh, they've gone undetected until now and represent the latest discovery in an ever-growing list of scroll down mysterious genetic agents hiding in plain sight. Wow. The researchers who discover them report that their function, if they have one, is a mystery. Creepy. Aliens. Aliens. Aliens in the body. <laughs> I mean, uh, viruses are weird too, right? I mean, even it's biology weird. tells us they're not alive. Yeah. Very, um, very cool stuff. I hope we get some more um, news about this soon. Uh, just maybe they'll make a breakthrough. Because um, it's, it's cool that we're still, you know, yeah. we're still finding things out about finding things out about the body. Um, you know, and we're still we talked about the brain earlier. You know, we don't and even stuff like the human soul, like all that stuff. We don't 
you know, we don't have, we can't figure out what it, what it is. Is it just in our brain? Is it something, is it that an actual spirit that lives within us? I mean, a lot of it is kind of pseudo, what people would call pseudoscience, you know, but it's pseudoscience until it's not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's just the, the other scientists use that uh, to shut down research that they don't understand. Oh, that's pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, it's physical law and alien intelligence. I mean, many people will say that's God, right? And mm-hmm. if that's true. It wouldn't be really alien if it encompasses everything. So alien life could, this is from Tristan on X, alien life could be so advanced it becomes indistinguishable from physics. Always watching, always looking. And it's mostly AI, right? Yeah, this is a pretty good quote. For example, if machines continue to grow exponentially in speed and sophistication, they will one day be able to decode the staggering complexity of the living world from its atoms and molecules all the way up to entire planetary biomes. Totally, man. Yeah, and as we know, technology grows exponentially, so it's not it's not crazy. I mean, this is the whole argument about AI. You know, the second yeah. com- the, se- the second a computer designs its own computer, humans are toast. I mean, talk about a circular thing. It might be that you know, yes, we're kind of in an AI kind of thing that creates that creates intelligence, and then that intelligence, after studying the universe, which it is an AI, end up creating an AI, which then does that. You know what I mean? It's like a yeah. It's like turtles all the way down. <laughs> it's turtles all the way down. Uh, presumably, life doesn't have to be made of atoms and molecules, but could be assembled from any set of building blocks with the requisite complexity. If so, a civilization could then t- transcribe itself and its entire physical realm into new forms. And that's how they're hidden. Yep. So we can. I'll link up the the article. Indeed, perhaps our universe is one of the new forms into which some other civilization transcribed its world. Yeah, that is that's a fascinating book I'd read. Um, and yeah, speaking of books, I brought it up months ago. Um, the three body problem kind of touches on this. Um, oh, it does. Huh? So you said yeah. Japanese? No, it's Chinese. It is Chinese. I didn't mean to say oh. Japanese. I meant to oh, say okay. Chinese. That's my bad. Now, I, I thought about that before we get into this, but I, I thought about that. And when did that book come out? Uh, I think the first yeah. one came out 2008, 2009. Ah, okay. So when China was getting up. So, you know, when these things come out, especially in like a, in a kind of communist system like China, they're trying to manipulate behavior or entice curiosity in their populace, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they're now catching up to us, they've stolen or many of our black projects have gone over to China, leaked to China, that they need scientists and people to be interested in these concepts to work on these technologies, you know. And since they don't overclassify things, if the people are primed for these, um, I guess, thought experiments or ideas from the three body problem, that, right, that, that are in there, it could yeah. help them then. Uh, discover how these technologies are working. You just need a, you, you know, as we know, humans are brilliant if you mm-hmm. just put them in the right direction. So that's why I thought those books are might be just a, a an attempt at the government to um, surpass us. Yeah, it could be. I, or, you know, it's just it's human nature to, um, as you see technology around you get more and more advanced and stuff is going on in the world that you can't either explain or you don't want to know you come up with your own explanations you get creative and it leads you down this path yeah but i i it's, i mean for like the communist party to to be okay with those types of books and and ideas you know, it just seems strange to me because they don't like religion there either right um or at least they don't encourage it 
you know, I don't know. It's it's a debate for another podcast. So why is this under plants? <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering that too. I, I was like, maybe that's the, anyway. Pelosi so, wants FBI. Yeah. Pelosi wants FBI to investigate pro-Palestine protesters for financial ties to Russia. Russia, <laughs> so, Russia, Russia. So stupid. They don't understand. They don't understand people. You know, have a very uh, defined opinion on what's going on in the Middle East, and yeah. it goes against what um, all these people. Um, are paid to believe in the in the government and so they have to blame it on someone is it our fault no it's the russians of course it's always the russians and this is pelosi who is showing ice cream to people during lockdowns you know if you remember that so she's completely divorced from reality um just like the french revolution let them eat let them one let let them eat cake you know cake yeah (laughs) you give them give them sports and food and they'll pretty much just do whatever you want yeah, so she's saying for them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message. Make no mistake. This is directly connected to what he would like to see, the former House Speaker said. Because we're all uh, war hawks here in the general public. All we want is just blood, blood, blood. Russia may be funding pro Oh, It's not because they're seeing a genocide going on. No, of course not. You know, it, it has nothing to do with that, right? They can't. It, it can't be just organic and people upset about this. Um. So yeah, I'm not surprised that that she would say something like this at all. So on that note, a man posted YouTube video with father's severed head. Um, yeah, this is ranting about Joe Biden. This was this was wild because you sent this to me as soon as he posted this video, and I saw it and was like, "Whoa, this can't be real!" And you were like, "Yeah, it's real." I went back and was going through the article. And I tried to go back and watch the video, and it had been removed within those like five minutes. Of course, yeah. because you can't post a severed head on YouTube. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy here, what's his name? Justin Moan was arrested in Pennsylvania after his mother found the headless corpse. His social media shows a long history of trouble, troubling far right conspiracy theories. And well, uh, OK, once again, we're doing the thing where I mean, far right, yada, yada. That's fine. But this guy had posted a bunch of violent stuff and said he was interested in killing his family. He said that and he He had been reported to the FBI and the FBI said the line that they always say is, oh, yeah, he was on our radar. Great. Great job. Way to way to protect people. FBI. I mean, it was it was it was pretty disturbing watching this video. Uh, The guy was unhinged. He was drinking water every two sentences. Clearly a nut job. Oh, clearly. I mean, anyone holding a, 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 their father's head in front of the camera and putting it into a garbage can is insane. I mean, his yeah. Beyond- I mean, he went on a you know anti-government tirade, pretty much. And he was one of the things that came up is he was trying to start a militia, mm-hmm. which so interestingly coincided with the new uh, bill that's trying to get pushed through uh, our government. Paramilitary groups, paramilitary groups are illegal in 50 states. Will a new federal law stop them? Yep. Now, of course, that that was the same day that that happened. Uh, They don't mention that in this article, obviously, but it's just weird that the the timing of that, you know, maybe he's an MK Ultra plant, you know, maybe they, you know, he's brainwashed or, or something or mind controlled and they just, they activated him. Um, this is clearly unconstitutional. It's, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, but um, not paramilitary groups. Obviously, those are illegal, but militias are in the Constitution. It's written in there, you know, so they're trying to outlaw 
militias. Yeah. Um, well, and we had the thing, you know, we ha- I'm thinking of the, uh, what was the one up in Oregon a few years back? Oh, yeah, those guys. B- uh, Bundy? Not Bundy. Was it? No, it, it, it doesn't matter. But yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, people are getting increasingly tired of how ineffective and downright evil our government is. And, you know, and this is just proving how scared that the government is of losing their power. And they, they can't have groups of people running around trying to keep others safe or anything like that. Unfortunately, most of these groups end up getting infiltrated by the FBI and yeah. turned into an actual terrorist group. Right. I, it doesn't mean that the the government and the law of politics, I'm not saying the government, but a lot of politicians are corrupt. A lot of the laws that they pass are because they're corrupt. Um, it's not in the interest of the people. It's the interest of other, not the people, not the mass people. Um, it's, uh, the interests are always corporations or the military industrial complex. And um, they don't want you calling that out. I mean, if they just acted in the interest of the people, we wouldn't have these problems. If they didn't right. sit there and divide and, you know, truly cared about this nation, we wouldn't have all this. Now, this is good. You sent me student father arrested RPGs found after threat to Rancho Bernardo High School. Oh, man. How do you even get an RPG in the United States? Must Was he? I can't remember. Did he say he was ex-military or something? Uh, The the father, 45-year-old Neil Anders, was arrested and booked into San Diego jail on several charges. Uh, Oh, they're not saying. Wait. No, not here either. Was arrested police. Yeah, it's not saying. Anyway, more more people who are, you know, sick in the head. I mean, I never understood it, whether it's blocking freeways or shooting up a school. You don't do any, you don't bring anyone to your cause. It's just a sign of anger and pain. Yeah, and the problem is the government always use these to paint, to make laws that we all have to suffer from when it's just a bunch of crazy people. I mean, exactly. you know, it's not going to stop crazy people from doing things. It's just, like, will. it's just like gun laws. I mean, people always talk about, oh, we should get rid of the guns. I go, no, that just means normal citizens are published or punished and criminals will continue to get guns just like they always have. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Exactly. If you want to do it, you're going to do it. These laws are going to be ignored. Um, the rest of this stuff is, uh, well, here's this nice rant from a <laughs> from a veteran about our wars and how we gain nothing from it. Like, what did the average American taxpayer gain from any war in the last hundred years? Meaning we the people, not the military industrial complex, not the parasite class. Not only have we gained nothing, we've lost our entire country. He's angry. Yeah. It's a rant. It's a good rant. Let's maybe not play it. What do you think? Yeah, we can skip it. I, you know, this guy essentially is just ranting about what we talked about all the time with war and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. And he, he's he's a he he went to Iraq twice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So the billionaire owner of OnlyFans, Leonid Redvinsky, is not some random woman donating to APAC. He's allegedly the biggest donor to APAC since October seventh. Huh. Weird. The billionaire owner of OnlyFans. <laughs> is the biggest donor to APAC. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, he pledged $11 million. <laughs> Isn't that weird? It is weird. That People is, are noticing. That is, nope, not allowed to notice. 
Not not a lot of notice. Well, yeah, these guys weird. are noticing. Antiwar.com. Boycott Israel because it's the right thing to do. Now, this is a good article because usually libertarians are against these type of things. Like they like they're all about free trade and and this guy talks about that. He talks about how you know he has always been against because there's, there's the BDS movement, right? The boycott, yeah. the divest, and sanction, uh, uh, which is which is uh, copying what happened in South Africa, what brought that brought down apartheid. So he was saying he was against that, but now he's he's, he's saying he goes here. The basis of my argument was that the was that boycotts of this nature are essentially in inimical to libertarianism which places the individual and not collective entities like states at the center of its worldview furthermore this view was bolstered by my stance in favor of israeli statehood the israeli people i argued have a right to national self-determination just like all other peoples why single them out i have heard in a world where states routinely violate rights Yet what happens when a state singles itself out by engaging in behavior so egregiously oppressive, so repulsive to the civilized world that dealing with it in any shape, form, or manner is morally problematic? Israel has reached that point. A tipping point, as Chemi Shalev puts it, as increasing numbers of people the world over reached that conclusion. I changed my mind about the BDS movement aimed at Israel when I read Max Blumenthal's Goliath Life and Loathing in Greater Israel, a book that tears the veil of Hasbara off the Jewish state and reveals the crude racism that energizes its policies, both foreign and domestic. So no singling out, just saying that it's become, it's enough. He, everyone, the world over, is saying enough. Yeah. They yep. just don't stop. I mean, it's, I saw uh, Finkelstein yesterday. He, he was just so upset and just saying that it, across the board, However you look at it, it's the worst. You know, more drums, bops, uh, more drums, uh, bombs drop than um, uh, than Dresden, right? He says more uh, more bombs, the powerful, the power of the bombs, more women and children, the ratio killed than ever. Um, just whatever, however you look at it, it is bad. It's, it's really continuing. Bad, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. And I guess if it wasn't for social media, you know, most How people know? would not be seeing it. Yeah, you know, and I just keep seeing just you know, yeah, just the horrendic, horrendous, horrific things that have you know that are happening. The people who are dying aren't aren't militants. I'm sure some of them are, but a lot of innocent people are dying. Even a doctors and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's it's hard. Apartment buildings just being you know schools, and now did you see the UNRWA UNRWA, which was created after? Um, Israel was created, you know, for the refugees, the Palestinian refugees. Israel said that they were used for October 7th or something like that. So we cut funding. So there's no yeah. funding now. So not only are they suffering with no food, no water, their lifeline has been cut off completely. And they can't leave. It's just disgusting. Yeah, it's, to our um, Israeli audience, I don't know if you guys are Palestinians. I know some listen. I mean, man, first of all, what are you guys doing listening to us? Unless... <laughs> Unless you see this this side that we push. But I mean, man, it's just it's depressing. It really is. And now of it, course we're going to war. Yeah, it's it's really depressing and it's hard even for me to talk about just because I get so fired yeah. up and angry and uh what am I what can I do? Yeah, you know? what can we do? I mean, people are protesting, we people are reaching out to their representatives, but they're sick in the head too. Like this guy, 
Mast, Brian Mast, the guy's crazy. Like he he was uh he was confronted and people asked him and said, you know, children dying. He goes, Yeah, they they deserve to die. He literally said that. He's a yeah. representative in the government. I, I'm seeing more and more of that sentiment pop up, and it's just oh god. And they're children, you know. Well, um, here's 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 where he's our last one. I sent this to you the other day. End Times Productions. There's something strange about the Iranian drone strike. Yes. Kind of far-fetched, right? It is but... a little far-fetched. <laughs> this guy's basically saying he thinks that the Iranians have uh, UFO technology. Back he, he, had re- he had receipts. He did. He had quotes and stuff. Um, here it's... Which is a stealth drone. And... Like I said, we don't really know what capabilities it has or doesn't have. But one thing is guaranteed is that there are some very advanced avionics on board. And these avionics um, are classified and nobody's supposed to even know what they do except for, you know, the top people. So what happened was this drone was making a a routine run uh, in Iraq in 2011. And all of a sudden they lost contact with the drone. And moments later, they realized this drone was in Iran and it was being operated by somebody they don't know it was flying it wasn't shot down or anything it was literally just like it was hijacked but it's a drone so the drone landed in iran and the u.s acknowledged that yes iran has one of our top secret drones so the story actually doesn't end here Um, however if you think about this exact situation i think it's more than likely that what happened was iran was able to reverse engineer some of the high-tech avionics on this drone and utilize it for themselves, right? So if you take this attack that just happened, it seemed to be it was an American drone. He's talking about the attack in Jordan that happened, uh, just for our listeners that don't know. Flying, and obviously it wasn't, right? It was camouflaged. So were they able to take that secure information, that radio signal that all American equipment has, the friend or foe signal, and duplicate it to kind of mask themselves and apply it to another drone for the attack? I think that's highly possible. I think it's also possible that maybe it was this exact drone or it was a replica of this drone that puts off the signals of an American drone. Right. So the third option is that an Iranian UFO or flying saucer either attacked (laughs) the base itself or facilitated the attack on the base. I know that sounds crazy. Hold on. Hold on. There's some very important information I need to share with you. So back in 2011, when the Iranian government took control of the American drone. What was the public sentiment on UFOs? It was ridicule. All news media ridiculed it. They made fun of it. It was the laughing stock of all topics at the time, right? And as we know now, we are in 2024 and things are a lot different. Not only does the news media take it seriously, but so does the government and so do other governments. And basically everybody in America realizes UFOs are real. Now, are they American made or are they not? Does America actually possess UFOs, crashed UFOs, or recovered disks? I believe they do. And a lot of other people believe they do, too. But the really weird cool. thing about this is that when that drone was hijacked in 2011, one of the top Iranian yeah. physicists came out stating that Iran has recovered UFO technology, just like we have, right? Roswell and all the other things, Aztec um, David Grush, all these things. Iran has recovered technology, and not only that, they were able to reverse engineer it, and they're flying their own. And believe it or not, this Iranian physicist came out and specifically said that a Iranian UFO, yes, that's right, a flying saucer, 
took that drone down. Not only took it down, it took control of it and then flew it into Iran, safely landed it where they were able to, you know, take it apart, disassemble it and all that. I know this sounds crazy, but you're going to want to see what I found. Quote. <laughs> That's so crazy. So you're right. He has the receipts. He has their quotes. He has everything. Yeah. Pretty it's nuts crazy. stuff, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I encourage everyone to go check out the video. It's not long, only 13 minutes. Um, and he, you know, brings forth all the proof that he's got. And it, he's right. It does sound crazy, but it's one of those things where it's it's crazy until it's real. Right. And then just finally, just really quickly, I do. I love this thing. I played around with it last night. This tool it's called radio.garden. And you can go state to state, country to country, radios and just listen to different radio stations. Oh, what? That is cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I sent this to you last night. So this was Roswell. And this is in Roswell. Here's an example. So and it's live, right? Yes, it's all live. It's all live. And that you can is so go cool. to I actually went, I wanted to listen to like what's happening like in the Yemen and stuff. Anyway, Dr. Yeah. Dick's dub shack. <laughs> <laughs> Bermuda. Yeah, and this Middle East, um, Africa, and just islands like in the middle of nowhere, like this island. I think this is Mauritius or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> wow. Barring uh, Western music, but you can listen to all these across the globe. Really cool. Sorry, what, once again, what's that website called? It's radio.garden. That is fun stuff. Yeah, you should you should check it out. Definitely I'm going to show the people uh, that at work because we love listening to music at, in the office. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, so what brought this up, someone on X, uh, I forgot where I saw it. Sorry, um, but he found a radio station in a in, in an island in Alaska. With well, he he says it's probably like uh, it's probably disseminating this signal to like a, you know a few hundred people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I thought that was amazing. That actually, I I would love to have that job. Be a small town uh, DJ, radio DJ. Hey, you know, I mean, you have, a lot of fun. You have the skills for it, um, and. I don't think this civilization we're in is going to continue the way it is. So, you know, might as well. Yeah. We're still, still going to want radio stations, local radio stations. Everything is going to become local is what I'm saying. Like this whole international thing is just unstable, yeah. not sustainable, you know. We'll uh, see, man. We'll see. We shall see. I, I mean, next- already 2024 is looking insane. I yeah. Can't, you know, and we're just out of January, squeaking into February here. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a wild 2024, but I think the next few years are going to be very, very interesting up until 2030. And I think 2030, we'll yep. see. I mean, there's a lot of stuff is happening. Put it that way. Stuff is happening. Yeah, I've been seeing like World War by 2026. Um, yeah, I mean, all these conflicts are happening. I mean, you start with Ukraine, Russia. And now, of course, we've got Palestine and Israel. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we're now dealing with the uh, crisis at our southern border. Even even people on the left are coming out against it. Yeah, um, you know, all this stuff happens always when when disclosure starts coming out. You know, yeah. Always. Well, I think it's just hard. it's just a, a pendulum. I mean, we you talked about it earlier. You know, everyone's sick of the left, so they go to the right, and then everyone's sick of the right, so they go back to the left. I think we're going to see a. I think, I think this next election will be very telling to see what the next few years hold. But yeah. Either, either way, you know, we're screwed. I mean, Republicans and Democrats, as we've proven time and time again, work together to screw the common man. 
Yeah, and who knows what they're going to pull off next because the bank's not having problems again. And I mean, I've even kind of warning I've, against it. I've even seen stirrings of uh, COVID 2.0 coming out. I mean, they're really they're, they're throwing whatever at the wall and seeing what sticks. What scares me is that it's always a surprise. It's always something that we don't think of. You know, it's always something new. So I don't even want to know what this one is. I don't. Like, what could be worse than COVID, man? That was hell. I'm putting... Well, I remember murder hornets were a thing, like right on the beginning of... Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then that. that went away really quick. Right. My money is on Sasquatch invasion. No one <laughs> would see that coming. Sasquatch invasion. <laughs> or we'll get... Uh, have you seen the movie The Mist? The Mist? Yeah. No, I guess I haven't. If I don't okay. Well, it. It's a it's based on a Stephen King book. The movie's a lot better than the oh. book. Anyway, it's about it's about the US government accidentally opens an interdimensional portal and all these monsters come out. Well, let's do Topher's Topher's Corner since Oh, Topher's Immediate Corner. Okay, so first <laughs> of all, I've got a movie that um I guess you could kind of see it in the conspiracy field, but it's not really related to what we talk about. But I watched it on Hulu the other day. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's called um Self-Reliance. It's about a guy who joins a uh, dark web live game and the the, um it's a movie really that's about mental health and i i i really liked i like the main actor he's the he's the he's nick on new girl if you've ever watched that i think his name is jake johnson or something i can't remember anyway it's fun fun movie self-alliance reliance self-reliance oh okay yeah Yeah, it's it's good and then i watched something that I thought it was going to be a UFO movie, but it turns out to be something different. It was like a C plus B minus acting is not great. Uh, and I, I'm not even sure I would recommend it. It's called eminence. Okay. Um, it's is about it Hulu as well. You said, huh? Is it Hulu as well? Um, yeah, I think it's on Hulu, but it it's about, it's about a group of UFO researchers on a boat in the ocean. Okay. Did you watch Tetris? Tetris? No, I didn't. Uh, it's an Apple movie. Fantastic. Really? It is such a good, yeah, very well written, a- amazingly, a- amazing acting. And it just shows you how the difference of the Soviet system and our capitalist system here. Oh. I mean, it, it's got comedy in there too and drama. It's really good. Interesting. On, on, yeah, on Apple TV. Um, I'm also in the middle of a book that I'm really enjoying uh, called, well, I'm listening to the audio book. It's called 14. It's about a man who moves into an apartment building in LA and he and his neighbors discover some sort of weird mystery conspiracy thing that's going on with the building. Oh, like a... And I, I don't know how it ends, but I mean, the journey is... ghost thing? I'm not going to say what it is. All right. Um, the journey 14. has been fantastic. I don't know. I can't say anything about the destination yet because I haven't gotten there. Okay. But, All right. But cool. Yeah. I I'm have... listening to a lot of Audible books too. I, 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 I like Audible. Yeah, I do too. I just like, you know, like for instance, yesterday I was bored sitting around and so I just put on my headphones and went for an yeah. hour and a half walk and just listened really? to my book. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great for that. And I was always worried. I'm like, you know, I like reading because it helps with my writing to improve my writing. But exactly. I think also if you're listening, you know, it's still someone's writing, you know. Um, so it could still help in a way because writing is also our thoughts. So, yes, uh, unless I'm just making excuses for, for listening instead of reading. But, man, it's just so much better because you can do something while also reading a book, you know, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is, when you when you read a book, you have to sit down and read it. You can't be doing something else while also consuming the book. Exactly. Um, so that's why Audible is great. And right, then, awesome, man. 
one I've got one last movie recommendation because I don't think I've recommended it on the show, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it's called The Void. Yeah, um, it is a very cosmic horror, um, Cthulhu type horror. What's that guy's name who wrote about Cthulhu? I, I might have already recommended um, it, but I, I I saw I was scrolling through movies last night and I saw it and I was like, oh man, I love it, and I almost watched it again because it's so good. It's really scary. Um, about a guy, it's about a police officer who transports a drug a drug addict to a hospital, and things go very spooky very quickly. Oh yeah, it's, I did watch this. This is really good. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. You told me to watch it. Yes, yeah, it's I'm a sure great movie. Yeah, um, yeah. My first stint in rehab, uh, we had a like every other night. Me and the, uh, my group of friends there, we'd always watch a movie. And I remember I recommended that one. We all sat down and watched it, and everyone was like, "Whoa, how have I never heard of this?" Because everyone is into horror movies there for some reason. It's a good movie. It's highly recommend. I, I recommend it too. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot it's of fun. Great. Is it a lot of cool concepts in there, like original yes. concepts. Very cool. Lovecraft, Lovecraftian horror. Yes, yeah. I love Lovecraftian horror. Oh, okay, fine. I got one more Lovecraftian horror. Underwater right. with the girl from Twilight. She actually puts in a fantastic performance. Uh, underwater. Really? It's actually you would get a kick out of this. Um, it takes place on a underwater research base de- deep in the Mariana Trench. Ooh. And things don't it. go as expected. <laughs> William that, Eubank. That movie that's on um, Amazon, I believe. I no, think. It, no, you know what? It's on Hulu as well. But you don't have Hulu. Man, I don't have Hulu. That's why I didn't, didn't watch the other movie you told me about. I, I kept trying to buy it, and I couldn't buy it anywhere. Oh, um, No One Will Save You? Yes, that one. Oh, man, that's too bad, because you get you get a kick out of that one. But um, How come they don't make these movies available for like purchase on other platforms? Well, because Weird. it's it's an exclusive thing. I'm sure in about a year and a half, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon. Oh, okay. So I'm going to watch this one now, Underwater. Yeah, that I think is on Amazon also. Okay. Or I or I nice. bought it. I can't remember. Yeah, but well, it, you know, we were talking about this offline. I told you to start um, Twin Peaks because it, it mixes all this in there. It mixes the military industrial complex, nukes, uh, aliens, and and you know uh, the west, uh, not the west, but Western United States, and and demonology. I would say, and and masonry, and the occult, and like it's all in there, and it's just yes, yeah. I, I'm excited for you to start it. I mean, I would love to watch it with you too. <laughs> So what's what's funny, I can't remember if I told you this or not, maybe seven, eight years ago, yeah. I put I started watching the first season and it was like so much relationship drama. And I ended up yeah. I got like seven or eight episodes in and was liking all the cool mystery stuff. But there was just so much like relationship stuff. And I was just like, I don't care about that. Show me the cool, spooky stuff. That's, yeah. So I'll give it another shot. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I brought up that. Now I can't even remember. I brought up the thing last week that we were supposed to talk about this week, but we both totally spaced on it. From the book "Them" by Whitley Strieber, Shalish. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't do any research on that, so we'll save that for another week. Okay. And Twin Peaks, the movie, uh, it's called "Fire Walk with Me." You should probably start there first before you do the, the series. Sweet. Well, yeah, we're, is this our longest episode ever? It's good. We had so. we covered a lot this week um, on the Uncovering Anomalies podcast. We <laughs> want to thank you all so much for listening. As always, reach out to us on Spotify. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Rate us, please. Give us give us as many yes. stars as we deserve. All of them. Yep. And um, yeah, reach out to us on X. Reach out to us on X. I mean, share share the podcast. Share our YouTube videos with friends and family or. 
people that you think might be interested in it. I know, you know, we have a constant audience. So, you know, let's, let's grow the audience. Let's get this information out there. Um, whatever, whatever the, the content is, we're going to cover it. You know, we're not going to be mm -hmm. skeptics and we're not going to be naive either. We're going to walk we'll, on that knife's edge, baby. Yeah. We'll try our best. We'll try our best in doing that. And yeah, you can reach out to us on X at UAP, the podcast. We're on rumble. We're on YouTube. We're on all podcasting platforms also. So hit us up. Let us know how we're doing and follow us and spread the word. Support us too. If you can. Yeah, spread spread the good word. Yeah, tell a friend about the show. Be like, hey, these two idiots are talking about cool <laughs> UFO stuff. <laughs> right. They're uncovering anomalies. Yeah, so many anomalies. <laughs> well, cool. That was fun, cuz. Yeah, I had a good had a good time. Yeah, it's been a one of our longer episodes, but we were both on Fuego this week with sending each other content, which is always right. good. That means there's a lot of stuff going on and the show exactly. won't be boring, that's for sure. And we're bracing ourselves here for a, a crazy storm. Nothing's happened yet. Hopefully yeah. it was just uh, just hype and nothing's going to happen. Who knows? Yeah, no, but I've been listening to it get windier and windier and, and rainier and stuff behind me in my oh, window. Man. Well, brace for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, oh, that's, that's, oh, I wanna, that's next week I, is, yeah. That's I Want to Believe Adam. I'm Tell It All Topher in case you've gotten this far and forgot what our names are. Well, tomorrow, uh, sorry, next week is Super Bowl Sunday. So I guess we. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll try and upload an early, early morning one or Saturday night or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, cool. And uh, fuck the Chiefs. Go 49ers. <laughs> 49ers. Hell my, mo yeah. my mom's team. I hope they win for her. But me also, mo mostly, I hope they win because I truly despise the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, me too. Agree. <laughs> I don't like that, that they've got Kermit the Frog as their quarterback. I don't like their tight end who's dating uh, a piece of wood that everyone has decided is a great singer for some stupid oh, no. reason. So Have dumb. you seen her stand sideways? What is she just like, like a piece of paper? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I swear, like, I saw a video at her concert. She turned sideways and completely disappeared. I mean, what is he doing with her? I mean, fine. It's Taylor Swift. I know, but I mean, he could. Oh, anyway, you know what? That should have been one of the conspiracies we covered this week. There's the whole everyone's pushing the thing that, uh, the NFL is rigged because and Taylor and oh. Kelsey is dating Swift so she can give support to Biden so Biden can oh win the my election. God. Imagine that works out. It I mean well, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. If you see some of the calls that Kermit the Frog gets for the Chiefs, it's ridiculous. If if the defensive line looks at him for too long, they get a personal foul call. <laughs> well, listeners, you heard it here. So if the Chiefs win, you know exactly why. Yeah, the script is in, folks. All right. Well, thanks. This has been a great episode, and we will see all you guys next week. Woo! Go Niners. Oh, nothing's happening here. It's huh? taking too long. I was going to say, this is awkward <laughs> silence here. Take a little long. <laughs> get, our, get Jamie on this. <laughs> get Jamie on this. All right. Wait a minute. I'm going to have to add it again. One second. Uh, here, talk while I. Uh... Well, anyway, I, I hope this. you guys enjoy. This is a blooper behind a little behind the scenes stuff for you. I uh, hope you guys <laughs> hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, yeah.